Standard Free Range American Podcast, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Greg Anderson, Free Range American. We've been trying to do this for what, three months, four months? Yeah, I ducked you for a little while. It's my bad. Yeah, that's fine. I, I mean, I'm used to it. <laughs> Trevor ducks me all the time. Every day. Every day. So, did you just come in from Seattle? Yeah, I drove in. I slept in, what is it, Snowville? Okay. In the back of my Forerunner and right. got in this morning. So, did you come in by yourself? Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I was actually telling Trevor else. before you got here, it was fucking amazing because in my house, I have three kids, right. two cats, two dogs, and a tarantula. And it's fucking pandemonium. <laughs> so, a road trip is actually relaxing. Yeah. I totally get that, actually, because I've got two little girls and that abomination of an animal I call a dog. So I get that. Dude, so let's just get right into it. Let's which do is, it. So you were fired. Yeah. Not too long ago. So give us your background on this because this whole thing, I don't want to get too pissed off. No, let's get pissed off. Dude. I, I, I want to, I don't want to get too pissed off if they were like, if you're like, oh, it's my fault. Don't worry about it. You know? No, so here's the deal. Let's go. Let's spin it right up, man. Let's spin the top. Let's go back to May 5th. Yeah, fuck yeah. When I decided to make an uh, Instagram video. Right. So as a patrol officer, I was in law enforcement for 10 years with a couple different agencies. Right. And uh, in Los Angeles. And then I moved to Seattle. And it was actually a really good agency, the Port of Seattle. Right. I enjoyed working for that agency. I thought I had a good chain of command. Um, there wasn't a lot of drama. There wasn't a lot of politics. And for the first time in a long time, I was like, oh, I think I can actually do this job. Because Los Angeles was a different story. But uh, once the COVID thing kicked off and you kept seeing officers nationwide, like arresting moms at parks, right? arresting surfers. Like, did you see that? There's a video of like two boats chasing a surfer down. Yeah. And that then, was a good one. It's just ridiculous. With people right? on yeah. the beach in masks. Yeah. Watching. Right. And so I kept seeing more and more and more of this stuff. And every single cop that I would talk to, like in the lunchroom or, right. I mean, I got cops all over, that are friends of mine from all over the country, right. just like you do, just from being in the military. Yeah. Every single person I talked to was appalled with what we were seeing. And so I went to my chain of command. I went to the chief of police. I went to my sergeant and I was like, hey, where do you guys stand on this stuff? Because based on how I understand our authority and what we're, how we're able to enforce law, this seems very unconstitutional. And they both agreed with me. They said, this department will never ask you to do that kind of stuff because we agree with you, which was like a relief, right? right. Because I'm not going to do that shit anyways. Right. So if it came down to it, I, you know, you're going to have to fire me for not enforcing your, your COVID bullshit. Right. But every single cop that I knew agreed with me. And I kept seeing more and more of it. So I was on patrol one day and I saw the video of the two Mexican ladies that did nails out of their house. They yeah. ran like a nail yeah, salon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They got arrested for it. Right. And so I was like, that's it. I can't fucking take it anymore. This message needs to come out from a uniformed officer, right. one of your own, speaking to other uniformed officers. So that's what that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And I was on patrol and I just... I didn't rehearse it. It wasn't practice. It wasn't right. planned. I just held my phone up and I said, listen, guys, this is what we are allowed to do as police officers. This is what we're not allowed to do. 
We don't get to violate people's constitutional rights because your governor thinks it's a good idea. Right. You swore an oath to uphold and defend the constitution, just like we did in the military. It's very cut and dry. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem like there's much gray area. It doesn't seem like it's up for negotiation. But for whatever reason, cops all over the country weren't adhering to their oath. And so I felt compelled to make that video. And my chain of command hit me up the next morning. And they're like, that video was awesome. The command, the patrol commander, highest level, highest ranking guy in patrol. Right. He's like, we have your back a hundred percent. That video was awesome. And I still got that text message, right. you know? And then he called me like three hours later and was like, um, I've been directed by hire to tell you that that big, that video has to be taken down. And I said, well, sir, a couple hours ago was a good message. Right. And now you want it to be taken down. And he goes, well, uh, one of the chiefs thinks that it's it's just getting too big. We just checked it. It's over 400,000 views. Right. I said, well, if it's a good message that you guys supported three hours ago, why is it a problem that it's getting big? Wouldn't that be a right. good thing? You know? Yeah. And he's like, uh, well, Chief Thomas told me that it needs to come down. I said, well, Chief Thomas has my fucking phone number. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. He can tell me. Yeah. That. And uh, he's like, oh, okay. okay. I'll, I'll call you back in a little bit. Because they're not used to guys just drawing hard lines. Right. You know, like guys like us that came from the community that we came from and, and saw the things that we saw and did the things we did. Like, I'm not, we're not going to take shit from some patrol commander. Right. You know, or, or like compromise my values or my ethics. Right. And so they called me back and they said, Hey, we had a meeting. It has to come down. So well, it's not coming down. I said, the whole point of that video was imploring police officers to stand behind what they believe and do the right thing. And now you're telling me to bow down to uh, an order that I just don't feel like is morally right. Right. And uh, said, well, if you're not willing to do that, we're going to have to put you on administrative leave. And then we're going to have to do an investigation for, uh, uh, what did they, uh, insubordination. I said, okay, you do what you got to do. Right. I said, if you got to fire me for it, then you fire me for it. But it's just interesting that a couple hours ago, this was all good. And now it's this huge problem. Right. And so they put me on administrative leave the next day. And it took like, the investigation was like two months long. And then they fired me on August 7th for insubordination and conduct unbecoming of an officer. So, you know, and I got the runaround from everybody because you know how it is. Higher ups all political, no matter what organization you're part right, of. Yeah. And they're all sucking dick and kissing ass and trying to save face. Right. And there was one chief of police who got fired right after me, ironically, um, who told me, he goes, Greg, the department stands behind your message. I know you're a good officer. I tried to stand behind you. He goes, but you spoke against the governor's office and uh, there was nothing we could do. So he didn't directly tell me right. that it came from the governor but it kind of sounded like it. So right. who knows, man, you know? So what happens now? I mean, do you file a lawsuit or anything like that? Or is it? Is yeah, it I mean, I have things? an attorney right. that uh, I had a bunch of attorneys reach out to me just because right. it was a high profile thing. Sure. For I mean, it was like the biggest case in the country yeah, until George huge. Floyd. And right. then you have to assess yeah. out whether or not they're doing it for their own self-interest. Yeah. Like, is this, are you really trying to do this right. out of goodness of your heart? Or And, and so what they recommended is that we file a, uh, a letter of demand with the Port of Seattle right. and saying, hey, if you're, if you're willing to settle for this much, 
we'll walk away. Right. And we just got word from Port of Seattle last week that they told us to go fuck ourselves. Oh, okay. buddy. So we'll see what's next. Like, I don't know. It, it's interesting how that happened on May 5th. And then two weeks later, the George Floyd thing happened. Right. And then Seattle just started burning to the ground. And everybody hates police officers there. Right. So in hindsight, it's it's almost like everything worked out, you know? Well, it's, it's wild to me because as you watch this, as I watch this kind of unfold from afar, I'm thinking to myself, isn't there a point in which somebody says he's right? We're violating constitutional rights. Uh, and it, that's already actually been proven that yes. they were violating constitutional rights. So in the courts, you make a statement, essentially being the guy that's, that's qualifying what's happening within the law enforcement community when a bunch of law enforcement officers agree with you. And not only does the law enforcement officers agree with you, the constitution agrees with you. And then you're fired because you said something that was constitutionally correct. That seems so fucking bizarre to me. Well, like I don't, I don't, I guess I don't quite understand. They had to find a loophole, right? right. So what they said was, I violated the department's social media policy. So what is the... And they said, you can't be on social media and speak for the Port of Seattle or speak as a Port of Seattle police officer. Okay. And I said, well, if you look at the video, I turned my hat around. Right. Because it says Port of Seattle on the front. I held the camera in a manner where my badge was never displayed. So I understand our policy. Right. And the other side of that is past practice. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a hundred cops a day doing bullshit online. TikTok yeah. videos. TikTok daily. videos. Or but all it, over. Yeah. And if you're doing anything that supports a left agenda, mm-hmm. you I, I, yeah, I could have got on and talked about trans rights mm-hmm. or BLM or any right. of that shit. Nobody cares. But because I pushed back against our leftist communist governor, mm-hmm. they had to try and stomp me out. You know? So they said, uh, yeah, it was a violation of our social media via our policy. And because you wouldn't take it down, now it's insubordination. It wasn't about the message, Greg. It wasn't about the message. They kept telling me that the whole time until at the end, the chief told me, well, yeah, it actually was about the message. So, Well, of course it was. Of course it was. Yeah. yeah I mean, and he, I just hate how they can't shoot me straight. That's why I told him. I said, if you guys don't want me to fucking work for you because I stand up for the constitution, just fucking say that. Yeah. Just real simple. And I'll fucking walk away. But you want to play games and point fingers and, and try and just pretend this is something different than it is. Right. Fuck you guys. Fire me. Yeah. And, you know? and, the, and the other thing is, is the governor has that ability. He can meet you in court. Yeah. He can say, hey, uh, you know what? We don't believe in the constitution in the state of Washington. We're yep. going to violate people's civil liberties, their rights, openly do that. And then we'll meet you in court. Exactly. Like, just be a man. I, uh, hold on, though. I should rewind. This is the same governor that two or three weeks into CHOP or Chaz or whatever kind of, you know, bullshit thing that they got, that whatever pretend government that they were standing up there in La La Land that didn't know anything about it. The The most prominent news story in, the in America. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't turn anything on. Without hearing Chop or Chaz, whatever it was. At yeah. That point. Was it was it both, Chop or Chaz? They changed their name like halfway went, Yeah, exactly. And he's like, I don't know what that is. It's like, well, then you should be fired instantly for either one of two things. And I was seeing this on one of our podcasts, which was like, one, you're either 
avoiding the question, you're being you're you're either grossly incompetent because it's the largest city in your state, yeah. dumb dumb. So you're grossly incompetent for not knowing what's going on, or you're just avoiding the question and lying because, and lying. So yeah, you're either you unethical, yeah. Or you're incompetent. So either way, probably both. you need to get the fuck out. Yeah, either way, get the fuck out. But as you and I were talking about this, and I've talked about this a few times, I lived in Seattle for several years. I was back and forth from like 1997, back and forth, back and forth. And Seattle, obviously, is known for coffee. And I used to love that city, man. Like, like, And especially with our subculture of people, I'd always end up defending the city. Like, mm-hmm. no, man, it's pretty cool. Like, it's a... It's really it's a cool place, man. It is. It's a cool place. And it was. It was. It was, man. Don't yeah. let the patchouli smell get to you. Well, and like we were saying, I was like, hey, I used to be fine with, you know, you could coexist with the fucking weirdos in Seattle, in the Fremont area. Fremont, for instance, has this, uh, it's like a 30-foot bronze statue of Lenin. And it also has a large troll. Yeah, and it also has a large troll, but it was like, <laughs> it whatever, man. Like, like, people people are people. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, be, no, be Seattle your, was cool, man. It's cool. And then I went back there, and that was when the 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 city had decided that your home, your your domicile could be your car, and you couldn't tow those vehicles. So vehicles were everywhere. Homeless people are like zombies walking around nonstop. And I've got I've got two little kids. You got dudes walking around with their penises hanging yep. out and fucking needles, like literally Everywhere. holding on to needles with dicks wagging. You know, those uh, porta potties are set up in parks and on the corners of streets. And you're and just like, and they're in the you right. can't go anywhere. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, if I want to raise a kid in a city, I, I really do. No, no, no offense to anyone else, but I really do want to raise a child free of seeing a grown man's penis hanging out of his pants with him has and him holding fucking IVs or you know uh, needles. needles in his in his in his hand, walking down the street like a fucking zombie. So, and I don't give a shit if anybody is offended by that. It's a shithole now. It well, is a, a shithole. Shit and like I said, they've legalized heroin. Right. They don't prosecute anything. They especially don't prosecute criminal trespass, which is like for a patrol level officer, that's kind of your fallback always. Right. If you're telling someone to get out of here and they won't, you can hook them on that. Right. And the prosecutors won't take drug charges. They won't take trespass charges. And now they've said that they can put their tents up wherever they want right. within the city limits. And you can't even ask them to move. That's insane. So the, the people like, that are really suffering your land is are not the your business land. owners. Right. Because yeah. like... Just like you said, you don't want your kids to see that stuff. Everybody I know is like, I don't, I don't take my family to Pike Place anymore. Right. I don't go to Seattle. The last time I took my daughters to Pike Place, and I have three daughters, yeah. and they're five, eight, and 11. And we went to Pike Place like a year ago. Right. And we come up these stairs, and there's probably, he's probably 22 years old, this kid laying on the ground, ODing, foaming at the mouth. And I stopped, and I said, girls, look at him. And my oldest is like, dad, don't. This is embarrassing. I said, no. I want you to look at him. This is what happens when you make poor life choices and you get addicted to drugs. And like that kind of freaked him out. But the bizarre thing about it is everyone was just walking right by him because it's normal now. Right. Like no one was calling 911. No one was looking for Narcan. It's just, oh, another, another addict ODing, just stepping right over him and going about their day. 
And like, it's become so normal that most people are afraid to take their family downtown anymore. You know? Yeah, I was, I was watching some show, I, I think it was a documentary on Seattle. And they were, they were talking about how the morning trash crew, they're literally shoveling needles using snow shovels yep. to, to shovel up needles to put them in trash bags. It's terrifying. No, it's terrifying. It is not their job. What's, but what, 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 I'm just wondering, and maybe I'm just too dumb to understand what the long-term goal of any city council member, what is their long-term goal when it comes to something like this? These policies and taking away the ability for law enforcement to do their job, because I've seen it. I've seen this like this, this drastic eroding of just the ability for law enforcement to, to clean up the streets. They mm-hmm. can't do it. Wait, we're, you live there. Try to explain. <laughs> try I to honestly, explain I mean, to me. uh, and I'm as lost as you are in trying to apply logic to it. But the only thing that I can think of is that this the radical left, by appealing to these groups of people, are just hoping to garner votes. That has yeah. to be what's going on. They don't give a shit about people's health. Right. They don't give a shit about. It's the same thing with BLM. Like, do, do you think all these politicians care about inner city violence? And, and the lack of education and all, I mean, I used to work in Compton. Nobody is helping these people. Right. So every election cycle comes around and it's like, oh, the minorities, oh, the gays, oh, the transgenders, oh, the homeless. And then as soon as the election's over, nobody helps any of those groups of people. So it's just fucking lip service. Well, you know? and, and when they turn officers off to the ability to push people off of property, like private property. Like, no, there's no criminal trespass. That's exactly how you get people to turn into criminals. That's how you get law-abiding citizens to turn into criminals when they're told, now, you, we, sorry, as, a, as an officer showing up, we can't get him off. Yeah. And they just hang out there. Once you guys leave, what the fuck is that person going to do? Yeah. Well, are no, they, are they so, going to, they're going to make that person leave. So like, I have, oh, they're, I, they're trying to burn my car down. Right. I got to fix this. That's my a, personal property. You're yes. going to turn me into a criminal. Right. Because I need them to go away because I'm terrified for either myself, my customers, my family, my, my property that I paid for. Right. Come on. I'm a business owner. You're a business owner. Like if someone set a tent up in front of my front door, they're going to get fucking booted in the head. You know what right. I mean? Like I'm going to, yeah. I'm not handle it myself. And I actually have a story about that because uh, I've, there's a family owned rental property just North of Seattle. It's like 20 minutes North of the city. Right. And uh, my mom manages it. It's just a, a, it was a small house that she rented out. One of her tenants left and in between renting it to a new tenant, you know what happened? The walking dead moved in. Right. And there was like 12 of them inside of there. And she calls me and she's like, Hey, there's like, 12 people in there. What do I do? I said, we'll call the police. And so she called the police and they went out there and some fucking drug addict came to the door. was like, no, uh, here's a lease. We have a lease to be here. So the police, yeah, they, you can just go to fucking office depot or whatever Make one and up. get a lease and just forge a name. And now it becomes civil because you have to go through the courts to get them evicted. Oh. This is, this is fucking Seattle. And, uh, so the officer called her back. It's like, actually, they have a lease. Um, you're gonna have you're gonna have to go through the courts. So my mom's like, well, I'm gonna shut the power and the water off. Then that'll get them out of there. Yeah, but they can't do that, right? Oh, she did it. Oh, okay, right. It didn't do a goddamn thing. It just made them shit and piss in buckets oh, instead of the toilet. Right. And uh, 
So then I called the sheriff's department. I said, listen, I'm a police officer myself. Uh, we tried to go the legal route. Right. I'm going to go in there armed and I'm going to evict them by force. Right. And if I end up fucking shooting someone, I end up shooting someone because that's my fucking house. Right. We asked you guys for help. No one wanted to help. Oh, you're a police officer? Hey, meet us at the corner or whatever. They sent like four patrol cars and uh, we threw them all out and arrested a couple of them. But it's like, what that? about everybody else that isn't a police officer? Exactly. Right. Why is that you know? what it takes? Why is that what it takes? Exactly. And uh, so, I mean, this is what's going on throughout the city, everywhere. And, hey. and most people, I mean, guys like us that have been in special operations, like, I have no qualms with going in there and throwing a bunch of fucking drug addicts out of my house. Right. And if it escalates to a lethal force encounter, fucking good, right? But most people aren't ready to do that. Most people want should be able to rely on the system right. to that walk they, them that through they the pay that for. they pay for to walk them through the process and then assist them if need be. But it, it's not the case anymore. Well, I think that, that God, that's like calling the fire department and being like, "There's a fire in my house," and they go, "Did you start it?" Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I did. Ah, sorry, that's not sorry, on us. That's <laughs> not on us. You know, the fuck you, is that about? That's on your stove. And, that's and, your and, stove. That's, that's well, your stove. You should fault. ask your stove to stop. You know? Here's the saddest part about it because the 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 officer or the deputy on the patrol level they want to help. Yeah, They're, absolutely. Most they cops, <clears throat> contrary to all the bullshit that you right. hear, are good people. Yeah. They want to do the right thing, and their fucking hands are tied. Well, I. I think that's the thing that I, I don't quite understand is where is it, is it broken at the city level? Is that where it's broken? Like are the judges at kind of the local municipalities across the United States, are they, are they not enforcing law? Is that, is that what where I think the this is, this is what I think the biggest problem is. Chiefs of police right. are appointed by the city council. Okay. Yeah, there you so go. then how the law is enforced in that jurisdiction, right? There's huge political undertones Got it. because they're pandering. Right. Whereas sheriffs, if that and that's in city limits, but within the county, right. sheriffs are elected by the people. Gotcha. So sheriffs answer to the people, whereas chiefs of police answer to the city council. That's I why you see that cut would, both ways. Which is why you see in counties massive issues. Yeah. Between cities. sheriff's departments yep. and police departments, Absolutely. because the sheriff is like, dude, the people can get rid of me next yes. year. Like, but I see that. I could job. see that cut in both ways. Easily. I could see you having, and it has a super fucking squared away police department, police chief, and then a piece of shit elected sheriff. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, yeah. I could see it. I, no, going, it happens. Like, I could see it going both ways, but I could see. I'm just wondering, in a lot of these cities, right? which you just explained it and it makes so much sense, which is the city council. And then obviously when they look at the chief of police. So for instance, you and I probably have a ton of friends that we know, we know a ton of guys in Seattle because I, I used to hang out with and train with guys from Seattle PD. And I knew guys that I was in 19th group from Seattle PD. Mm -hmm. And every one of those dudes is like, man, my, our hands are tied. Yeah. We cannot do anything. Like, we could see somebody on the side of the street shooting up, you know, breaking a fucking window into a car and we'll be sitting there going, hey, I, I you know, can we get you a glass of water? You look like you might be parched. It's and insane. that's the right move. And I mean, I worked in Seattle for three years, so I wasn't there very long, but I was there from 2017 to 2020. Right. 
and watching the amount of decay that overtook that city in those three years was fucking mind boggling. And in most of it, I'm going to say 95% of it, of what you deal with at the patrol level, all drug related. It's either the people themselves scaring people or camping in front of places, like just doing annoying homeless shit. (laughs) The other side of it is to get their fix and support their habit. They're breaking into cars. They're stealing copper wire out of warehouses. Like everything that you go to has a nexus that you can tie back to heroin and methamphetamine. Like you could empathize and try and help somebody that's just being loud, whatever the case is going on. But God, I mean, breaking into cars, destroying businesses, robbing people. And it all comes down to the one issue. And then your hands are tied. Like the hell are you supposed to do? And and, I mean, to tell you the truth, like I lean more libertarian and victimless crimes, like I don't think should necessarily be prosecuted. So if you want to fucking shoot a bunch of drugs into your body, it's your body. It's your body, right? But the second that your habit causes you to infringe on somebody else's livelihood, sure. like putting your tent in front of their front door or breaking their car window, we need to hammer those people. And there, Zero are, there are supposed to be laws yeah. for that. And we're supposed, we are well, paying the, taxes to have people enforce them. The laws are on the books. Yeah. But you know, the big word in law enforcement is discretion. Right. <laughs> like in Washington state, there's only two shalls. You shall arrest. Right. It's somebody who's a repeat DUI offender or someone that is involved in a domestic violence assault. Like, I don't have a choice if I'm going to arrest that person or not. Right. Everything else is discretion. Whoa. And so it's got to a point where it's affecting officers from both sides. Because if you want to be proactive right. and you're going out there and you're hooking dudes and you're making arrests, every, almost every arrest that happened in my department Four weeks later, you get a letter, an email from the prosecutor's office, and it says, we appreciate your efforts and, and, and the, the work that you put into this case. Unfortunately, we have chosen to deny prosecuting charges on this. Please don't let this deter you from making future arrests. I mean, you can only make so many arrests and be proactive for so long, and it gets shit on every single time, that officers are going to be like, what am I doing? I'm just going to go have coffee with the boys. Yeah, they just turn into a robot. Like, you know what? What's the point of going out there? Because every time you fucking frisk a drug addict, there's a risk of getting stuck with a needle. There's a risk of him turning around and spitting in your face and fighting you. I mean, you hear the most bizarre shit. I've had guys, or this was actually a gal, pulled her pants down and shit everywhere and then leaned over, picked it back up and was shoving it back into her pockets. Like that's the kind of stuff that you deal with on a patrol level. And if you're trying to enforce the law and clean the city up and the city's not helping you, you just, most officers through a point where they're like, fuck this, dude. I guess I just don't understand. And maybe I don't talk to a diversified pool of people enough, but Seattle was one of the earlier cities to kind of turn the corner into, you know, more of, you know, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, right? Yeah. they, They started adopting more socialist a more socialist agenda really early. And, you know, these are beautiful cities, by the way. Like every one of those cities is fucking incredible. And, you know, I remember very, very acutely going to San Francisco, Portland, and Seattle because those are also big coffee cities. Spending a lot of time at Seattle or at the Seattle coffee festivals and like going to coffee shops and seeing 
this is starting to take on some speed. Yeah. And Denver too, I yep. think after kind of the legalization of marijuana, I think that really sped up or amplified what was happening within those communities. I'm not exactly sure. I, I could be completely wrong. They're socialist, very progressive uh, ad- adoption of those those that type of an agenda. Then the legalization of marijuana, which actually I'm for because I, I'm all about people getting their rights back. Mm-hmm. Like, Just I'm like all for said, that. It's a victimless, if it's, it's a victimless for yourself. Crime. Yeah. The issue is they're doing it to pander. They're not doing it because those it, people believe in that what yeah. I, victimless what I, attitude. What I heard and I when I was when I was there was everybody in the city was like, This this fucking sucks. Like this sucks. So I didn't hear a lot of people saying, Hey, we need to really be proactive to help the homeless and allow them to camp on our fucking front lawn. Exactly. No. I heard most of the city going, This fucking sucks. Like when are we Everybody, gonna do something about it? It this? gets it's to the point where it's like, what's is this is this just voter fraud? Are right. they just rigging the elections? Because you're absolutely right. I live there. Every single person I know is like, what the fuck is going on with our cities? You know? And then you got like Jenny Durkin. who's like, oh, it's just the summer of love. Right. And and just pandering to it, even though everybody is disgusted. So yeah, what is going on? And it's like, it's like these political elite are just creating a path to sustain their own power. Well, they don't. They don't live in the city either. That was the other thing that we were talking about. Was especially the city council, specifically in Seattle. They were all living in like Bainbridge, mm-hmm. yeah, for instance, of course. Because now they're on an they're island, on an island separated with, by a fucking with, ferry with from giant the city. walls around their yeah. compounds, with giant walls and gates and all this other stuff. So you have this city council that ultimately same, doesn't have to live there. Same shit in San Francisco. Where do right, you think they're exactly. living? Probably Marin. Yeah, yeah. See, exactly. and the, the, I mean, fuck. This is a whole nother topic that we could talk go down a rabbit hole for an hour. But government as a whole was meant to be for the people, of the people, by the people. And you go from the plow to going and serving on a city council or as a mayor and for a term, and then you go back to your farm. Right. And you represent the people because you're one of them. Now we have career politicians that that's their whole agenda. It's just get power, get fame, get money. Right. I mean, Jay Inslee... And this, I mean, he got called out on this and he even admitted it. He gave himself a raise like two months ago in the middle of the pandemic Solid. where, I mean, I'm a fucking, I'm a jujitsu guy. So I'm very connected in the jujitsu community. Right. Gyms are having, a, a lot of gyms are being shut down right yeah. now. And uh, it's not just my, my community. There's a lot of businesses that right. have not survived this yeah. quote unquote pandemic. And uh just for principle alone, when you know a lot of your fucking, a lot of your constituents are fucking losing their businesses and going broke, you give yourself a raise. And when he was asked about it, he goes, well, that was actually um, something that is just part of a timeline and it's outside of my control. What? Then then take that $40,000 or whatever it is and donate it to helping small businesses. It, there are no, politicians I, that give their money back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, I mean, uh, that's, that's, it's just, that's just leadership, right? Like, Zero leadership. These people don't actually know how to lead. They don't know how don't to know. lead. They're elected. They take They money don't know how to lead. From the electorate. That's, that's yes. what they do. It's the same thing I said about Nancy Pelosi just a couple hoping. weeks ago or whatever, when she was on uh, CNN talking about how we feed the people. Was that she with Wolf said, Blitzer? Yes. Oh my we God, feed the interview. people. Dude, that <clears> pissed me off so badly because 
she doesn't do jack or shit without the taxpayer dollars. Yeah, you don't do she anything. She is not doing anything other than appropriating taxpayer dollars to initiatives that the voters support. You're not, and that's the thing that, that really pisses me off about this is don't bestow yourself with some kind of fucking benevolent sainthood because you're a fucking politician. Well, and that's where we're at though. But that's where they are. It, it's, these people are, you can see how out of touch the they or she specifically is during that interview when she yelled at Blitzer yes. for being a Trump apologist. And he's yeah. like, he's, I'm on Wolf CNN. Blitzer. Are yeah. you crazy? It's Wolf Blitzer. Like, like how, how, his dumb, face, how dumb are you? His face was priceless, but that shows how out of touch She's she been is. A I mean, she just turned since. down, what, a $2, tri a $2 trillion yeah. package because it didn't fit her $2 trillion. She wants to, she wants to cause as much pain as she She's crazy can person. in order You're a crazy to person. use that as a fulcrum to get him out of office. Yep. And so if, if, if we suffer straight. and yeah, our businesses people, go under in the meantime, so fucking be no, it. No, not even so be it. The, the worst part to me is yeah. they Good. don't care. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's that... That's not a thing that will affect her, him, they on either side of the aisle. No. That's not something that will ever affect them because they don't give a crap. Yep. I don't know if I posted something a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you guys saw this video or not, but it was Joe Biden talking about taking away guns. Yeah. The one where he said, you don't need your AK-47. It's not going to do you any good if, you, if you're going up against the U.S. government because we got... F-15s yeah, with yeah, Hellfire missiles yeah. on them, which is completely inaccurate. It's completely inaccurate. You yes. know, like... I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe they... maybe They're maybe, retrofitted now? Maybe they, they took the F-15 inventory and then put on a, 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 a rotary the, ring. The rotary ring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a rotary ring. And and said you're on teaching Here's Apache pilots to fly those? If you want to be a commander-in-chief, maybe you should understand your military capabilities. But if you don't, then just shut the fuck up. Don't start talking about something you don't know. But the worst part about that is he said, same thing. He goes, we never said you could have any gun you right. wanted. Yeah, what? we what never said. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, like, we never said. If people aren't appalled by that. I know. Dude, that's one well, step away. That's a politician who's been in power for half a century. Yeah. Power. Power. Well, I, he's, he's been in power for one fifth one fifth the fucking United States history. Exactly. And it's, you know, now all of a sudden he's going to wake up and roll out of bed and do something for the American public. I, I don't understand where people can even identify with this, this guy and go, yeah, oh, now's the, the time. He's, he's going to turn it on now. After 47 years, he's so going to turn it on. The country had probably the best example absolutely possible. A time when there were kings and people were taking power for familial generations. And Washington's like, you know what? That's that's a terrible example. I'm just going to go back to my farm. I, and he does it. Uh -huh. And he sets his precedent. And it stays. And now we have probably a lot of senators and congressmen and women that want that changed. They want like, you know, we really should have a chance to stay in office a little longer. Forever. Maybe like till I die. Yeah, Like forever. the Supreme Court. You know what? We should actually change the amount of people in the Supreme Court. Let's right. do that. And, no. don't, and don't they get... Uh, a retirement pay for the rest of their life after like one term or some crazy shit like that. I don't know uh, if it's no. retirement. I know they get health benefits. Uh -huh. I think that's what it is. And you know, they make more than they deserve for the amount I, of work they do. I don't quite, you know, I wish people, because we're, we're the left and the right where we all agree it, it, and it, it doesn't matter. So when you look at the 
the essentially the the root problem of what people are, are even rioting when if BLM wasn't just kind of a socialist ruse, which it is, but uh, the root problem and what people are really concerned about is really the the encroachment on individual liberty. Mm-hmm. That's what they're yeah. Of like course. everybody, everybody's like, hey, I don't want to be cuffed and stuffed when it's not appropriate. Yeah, and I definitely don't mm-hmm. want cops to kill me or my family members. Like that's pretty easy, right? Okay. Yeah. Yep. The right wants the same shit, by the way, guys. Like, that's Surprise. what we want. Surprise. Hey, so that's where I think, to your point, which is, you know, as long as it's, it, if you're not affecting me in a negative way, typically in a physical negative way, like, dude, you do you, man. Like, yeah. that's freedom, right? True freedom is living your life and exemplifying who you are in in the United States or a state, right? Without having other people telling you how you're going to live your life and what is good and what is bad and all these other things. So I look at this, I'm going, I'm saying if COVID-19, if the BLM protests, if these things haven't shown everybody what the problem is, the problem is not the population. We all generally agree for yeah. the most part, except for fringe elements. The problem is the politicians want to continue to encroach on our civil liberties by taking things from you and giving them to somebody else or just taking them. This whole entire conversation of, and doing I want it by to driving, take your and, guns. And by driving division too. Yeah. Because they, get, they get up on a platform and they say, look, look, they hate you. Yeah. We will you. fix that. Now, I'm, I'm saying they, meaning I don't care if it's left or right. Whoever that politician, they're standing up and going, those people, they hate you. They hate you. They're uh, driving division. No, and everybody's buying it, hook, line, and sinker. They're buying it. Because it's easy. It's, it's intellectually lazy to because sit back and go, that person, they, they're for me. They're buying All it. I got to do is fill the bubble in. They're buying it, hook, line, and sinker. Like, that's the problem is you look across the United States and you're saying, oh, that politician really cares about me. Specifically. Specifically, no. They don't give a fuck about you. Bernie Sanders is a great example of that. Bernie Sanders railing against the establishment, railing against corporate and capitalist America. He's a fucking socialist. He's been a socialist his entire career. Now he's out stumping for Biden. He's a socialist millionaire. The, the, yeah, with how many houses? Yeah, three. with three houses, right? He's this cool story. So, you know, where's this? The, all these Bernie bros, like he's, you know, anti-establishment and all this other shit. And it's like, dude, he's not anti-establishment. He's part of the establishment. All these people are so part of the establishment. Like you want to, you want to talk to an anti-establishment person? Go to a rafting company or any place that is a crag. There's people living in their cars because they're like, "Nah, fuck the government." Like, yeah, what's fuck that the mean? Government. It means I eat cat food. I do what I want. <laughs> yeah, that's I, <laughs> I do, what, do I want. what I want. All right, Doc, you do. Dude, I I hate I hate looking like I see the 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 second and third order effects of this national conversation yep. and where we're at because. You see the mass exodus out of these states, Washington, Oregon, California, all these large metropolitan yeah. areas that have adopted socialist policies. You're seeing the mass exodus. California has such a hard time keeping people in that state that U-Haul has a premium if you're taking a vehicle out of California and not yes. bringing it back. Oh, shit. I rented a vehicle. I rented a U-Haul in Yuma, Arizona, drove it to San Diego, drove it up here to Salt Lake, paid for the extra mileage. And it was less than had I just rented it in San Diego. Because no one's coming Nobody's in. Coming Nobody's back. coming in. Nobody's going. And that's where, what, what scares me is this national federal conversation where we have an isolation of power with an adoption of these yep. 
socialist agendas that say, we can't go, we can't cross the border into Idaho and get away from it. We can't cross the border from California into Texas to get away from it. That's the beauty of all 50 states. That's the beauty of, of, of saying, hey guys, we're you know, a constitutional republic that has a foundation of capitalism. But at the end of the day, you can still cross the border if you get a fucked up governor and go, ah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go leave. live in Texas where, you know what, we've got open gun laws and, you know, Tigers roaming the streets. And <laughs> hey, and things are going to be a little bit better out yeah. there. Yeah. But when you have a very small section of people within the, a very specific zip code in Washington, D.C. They're throwing edicts over the wall for the national conversation. We're, we're literally talking a couple hundred people out of 340 million. Well, and yeah. that's the a thing. A couple that's hundred. fucking scary. People, listen to that. A couple hundred people are controlling everything in a bad way. And, and that's think, because they stay around. Think if we could unify as a people against them. Yes. They'd be overthrown in 15 minutes. And that's why all this fucking division, the flame of division is being fanned constantly. You know? Because they understand exactly what they have to do. They have to gaslight. They have to continue to amplify things that really don't, we don't give a fuck about. Uh I mean, nobody truly believes when I say this, like there's a guy that runs a company with 400 people you know, discrimination would be as, as just, you know, one, it's unethical, you know, two, it's anti-profit. You have to choose the right person for the right job, yeah. which means that it's, it's a very diverse pool of people that ultimately make up a very profit-driven and mission-oriented success, successful organization. So having a, a kind of a homogenized, unified, sexist, you know, uh, Culture is really detrimental to any business, so it's counter capitalist. Uh-huh. Which is when 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 Californians talk about, well, we we need to put a you know, uh, you you have to have a you know a a a person that identifies as a fucking vacuum cleaner on your board, you know, because it's going to be better for business. It's like, okay, when where's the line? Stop with your bullshit. Stop telling me what's good for my business. Yeah, like, you'll figure I, it out or you'll or, fail. Or you're going to fail. Yeah. Exactly. Like you will fail in today's society if you don't have a diverse, equal opportunity workplace where people that work the, work the hardest appreciate and deserve the opportunity to succeed, you will fail as a business. I don't need the government of California or whomever to tell me that I need a person that identifies a fucking vacuum cleaner on my board. Well, too, it's so counter capitalist where it's like, so I totally get a board, right? I understand, you know, boards are actually good to a lot of different degrees, but what if I don't want one? Mm-hmm. What if I don't want one? What if I just want to run my company and be a fucking dude own. and be on my own and yeah. do my own thing? Figure out what works for you. Right. It's pretty simple. But I think all of those requirements, they're pushing them out under the guise of, we're going to, it's equal rights and equal opportunities for everyone. But really it's just causing more and more division. Right. Because every, now you have people feel like this person's only here because we were forced to hire them or this person didn't get hired for this reason. And you see the same thing in law enforcement and the, the narrative overall about all of this racist stuff and the sexist stuff. Man, I was in law enforcement for 10 years. I never worked 
with a partner that I would classify as a racist person. Right. Like, I just don't see it. And, yeah. and, and I've talked about this on my podcast a lot. Like, I don't, I've never personally seen it. Like, you're out on patrol with your partner. Hey, see that car full of right. Mexicans? <laughs> Let's go hem them up. Like, that conversation doesn't happen. It's never happened. Right. And, uh, I mean, I worked in Seattle and Los Angeles as a law enforcement officer. So those are kind of like pretty progressive cities. Sure. Maybe that's the case in other parts of the country. But it's the same thing in the military. I mean, did you guys ever work with anyone no. that was like, oh, I don't want a black the guy on our team? guys were... Get the fuck that, out of no, here. Exactly. You know that, what I'm saying? That's that, the that, get the fuck out of the room. Yeah, that, that was That was like the fringy fucking weirdo in basic training when you're going through going, whoa, dog. Like oh, that guy's... Dude, that we, that guy's, guy's crazy. Like dude. that guy's a little bit fucking crazy. Yeah. Nobody who let nobody him hung here. out with that guy, yeah. by the way. No. He was a fucking weirdo. Yep. Like all the normal guys are like, yeah, let's go fucking... When, when you went, you whatever. guys saw it. When you went to the bar... And it was so, I, we were talking about this, Matt and I were talking about this, where it's like, when you went to the bar for the first time after not really knowing the person because you'd only seen them in uniform. Oh, yeah, yeah. You remember how when they wear their street clothes? it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. You got a dude dressed like a gangbanger. You got a, a cowboy with a belt buckle the you size of a dinner plate. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we're hanging out? <laughs> oh, we're hanging out. Yeah, we're hanging out. It was out. like, it was always that Scooby-Doo moment yep. when you're like, oh, that's that Mask motherfucker. Off. Okay, <laughs> weird. Hey, but that dude's cool. Yeah. And then you'd go hang out on Friday and you could, you can always, you always know the mill guys too. Like the, especially the younger mill course, guys, yeah. because they're, they're guys that shouldn't be hanging out together. Uh-huh. And then, and no, then they, like the and then they get people. into an yeah. assimilated. People and you're like, nah, bunch of privates. That's what it looks like. Why are they all have a chance those, together? Those are a bunch of airborne privates on, on leave. For yep. the airborne privates or just privates in general. As village you go people. out, you're like, what that okay, a bunch of fucking E3s. Just <laughs> E3s. They got it. And be. then it's like you get further indoctrinated and you kind of get your 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 kind of your social indoctrination, your tribalism. They everybody kind of try gets fucking carved off. Then you have different sections, yep. even when you're a Rage Battalion, I would imagine. Yeah, like, of course. You know, the dudes that were into whatever thing over here. What years were you in Rage Battalion? 99 to 03. Okay. Yeah. So like back then. Back in the day. Back in the day. Right, like, uh, you know, you probably had. Were you in? Uh, were you into jujitsu back then too? No, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. that's actually where I got introduced to jujitsu. So, oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's that's actually one of my I'm trying to think. One of my really good buddies, he was there for around that same time. He got turned on to jujitsu around that same time through Ranger Battalion. But the point of that fucking random rant, I don't know what it was, but the point you of this is you find like, your tribe even within your tribe. You do, like this, yeah. The, like there was car guys that would be out because our motor pool was open. Yeah. Like you could just go take your car into the yeah. motor pool on the weekends and turn wrenches. There's guys out there building engines. I remember that. Then there was guys uh, reloading ammo in the barracks. There's a bunch of gun guys and one of the squad rooms was yeah. fully turned into like an ammo reloading room. Right. And none of these are co- like color or no. socioeconomic dependent. Like, no. I, I mean, man, we had guys that like to hunt, like to fish, like to shoot guns, like to climb. Like, Then you had guys just like to go to the bars and get blacked out drunk yeah, every night. Yeah, this guy, this guy, <laughs> get blacked out. Yep. Yeah, you had those dudes. And it was it's interesting because you have to think about it. I was thinking about this the other day because we were having that conversation about, you know, who was what, like whether they were Hispanic or black or white or whatever it was. And there was a conversation and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. You had to think about it. And I was like, yeah, Lamont was black. And I was like, I, I, 
because we had hung out so much, you actually had to think about it yeah. and then go, oh yeah, I have to think of another layer well, and I've to th- that. But I've thrown you, were, you were like actively participating no. in like a counting program going, oh, this is my Mexican group of friends over here. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, <laughs> just like your fucking buddies. Exactly. You know, like there are, there are times that I've thrown out people's names and then I would have to finish eventually with, oh, he was, he is X, right? right. Yeah. You know, black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever. Because I go by, like, I go by name and what fucking hobby we had together. Right. You know, and that's all based on. Exactly. It's all based on and that. The, the criteria of being a good dude. Good Lord. Doesn't fucking change no matter Ever. who you are. It doesn't matter. Can you shoot? Can you PT? And do you have my back? And can I trust you? Yeah. You yeah. know? Were you, were you fun? To, to like were you, you fun to hang out with? Yeah. Were you funny? Were you like, were you funny? Like that was the other thing. It was like, can you yeah. shoot? Can you PT? Were you fucking fun to hang out with? And were you fuck, were you funny? Right. So yeah, it's like, true. Cause when you're sitting in a GP medium for six months, you don't want to, you want some funny like fuckers dude, It's a fucking weirdo that's <laughs> fucking lamenting about everything. You're just like, dude, fuck off, man. Yeah. Leave me alone. Like, you know, and, and you saying that it was, it is the same in law enforcement. I mean, that's that should be heartening for people to hear. That should be uplifting for people to hear because, you know, uh, I don't know if you've read or if you've read Madness of Crowds, like the fourth oh, yeah. wave of all these progressive movements is detrimental to all of the movement, like to feminism, to gay trans rights, to uh, color blindness, to racial rights. The fourth movement is what they're calling all this going on right now. The people that put in a shit ton of legwork during the second and third movement that are still alive are telling these other people to fuck off because they're right. ruining everything. Mm-hmm. They're like, we got a lot of it. Why are you making us out to look like crazy people? Yeah. Now? Like well, there've been feminist writers that have been drummed off campus for not being progressive enough. Right. That literally were the ones that sat and made the sacrifices in their lives to go to schools by themselves or to fight in the courts and they're being drummed out of colleges because they're not progressive enough. Uh-huh. And the, like these men and women are just saying, you know what? Fuck you. We put in the work. Like, wh- and, and it's being driven by the division coming from social and political elites trying to get a base of humans to fight against another base right. of humans so yeah. that they can maintain their, We're, quote, electorate and stay in power. It's divide and conquer. That's what's right? going on. It, it is. You're, you're right. It's divide and conquer. And it's bizarre how like it's so obvious like what flavor of the week it is. Cause do you guys remember, I mean, this was probably a year and a half ago when the biggest national story was there's men that put dresses on and want to use women's bathrooms. Yeah. yeah. Everyone was freaking the fuck out. And then you had the left be like, well, they, if they identify as this, they should be able to. And then you had all the conservatives saying, I don't want my four-year-old daughter in a bathroom with a man in a dress. And everyone was pissed off about it. How often is that happening? Is that something that needs to sweep like the nation? Precisely. Once, probably every 45 days <laughs> yeah, exactly. in America. And everybody's Period. fired up about it. And everybody you, you chose a 340 side. 340 million and, and, people going to the bathroom three times a day. Every, so you, <laughs> and it's like, and yeah. it happens in one bathroom yeah. and, and every 45 days. about it. Like, yeah, yeah, polarized as fuck. Like, you know, that, that right-wing person is making the grand assumption that that person is also going to touch Molest their kid. Molest your kid. Like, yeah, yeah. Yep. Fucking relax. 
And then the person on the, the far left is making the assumption that they just identify totally harmless. Neither one of those statements are true. Yeah. Neither one of them. Like Let's, the guy down the street who looks totally normal, wears a suit and tie, could be a kitty toucher too. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Back the train he, up. He dummy. probably is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, statistically, it's that guy. He's the it's one. Probably he's the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's somebody's uncle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, and that's the fucking weird thing is when you look at this entire the division of the country, the gaslighting of each individual. And I look at, I look at these one-off circumstances where you're like, statistically, that's an anomaly, just in human nature. That's an N of one. It's, right it's like so fucking random, and yet. You're going to amplify this and make it look like, Except and that's both on the left and the right. Both both, both parties both are, on the left and the right. They're like two putting the, the fucking chicken. flame to it, going, "Oh yeah, you know." Well, well I was I've, I've been trying to get more up to speed on uh, the the ATF and a lot of the two A issues that are going on. So one of the big things is the ATF. You guys read this? The ATF has. Uh, has sent out a cease and desist to uh, Q about their um, their arm brace not being long enough. Have you been keeping yeah, yeah, up? No. So I some fucking low-level bureaucrat, shitbag ATF guy, which, oh, by the way, we'll be doing a story with those guys too, sent out a random ruling, just like the ATF is so good at doing, a random ruling that now all of a sudden they're not in compliance with their with their arm brace. And, and by the way, it's built, designed, built, and manufactured by the guys that are, have a direct relationship with the ATF and have for fucking years. But then there's just some piece of paper. Here, you're not compliant. They literally overnight made 4,000 plus people felons uh -huh. that had purchased them legal through FFLs. And they they sent out, you know, you're going to have to do a buyback, basically. Q's going to have to buy these back. So, so tell me how this works, right? Where some bureaucrat in Washington that has literally zero authority or should have zero authority to essentially make people Dude, felons do unilateral overnight, decisions. a unilateral decision that made 4,000 people law-abiding, legal law-abiding citizens checks. with background checks that purchased something yeah legally made them felons overnight. He did that without no consulting anyone. Literally it was just now now this is now that now this is what we're going to apply. And then there's no way for for Q to respond to apply because they just said, yeah, you you're going to have to figure it out. You're going to have to figure out where and how yeah. you're going to work within the rules that we haven't really set out, by the way. They're not clear as to what the guidelines are. So you can weigh in on the overall length of a rifle, but you can't weigh in on the exact specifications for what will meet the criteria for what's a arm brace versus a shoulder stock. So if it becomes an SBR, non-registered SBR basically is what they're doing. Well, and, and where did the fixation on short barrel rifles start anyways? Because... A longer barrel is a better combat gun, anyways. Any day of the week. So what? The, why are they so fixated on that? Because you could conceal it. I guess. Like, it, well, you can conceal a pistol too, right? Yeah, it's, it's like it's bizarre. a hammerless three fifty seven is still basically a fucking semi auto if you uh -huh. look at it. Yeah, it roll the the cylinder rotates around, and yeah, you can hold more fucking rounds in a magazine. But holy shit, dude, 
it's still a lot of fucking rounds. And I don't know if you've ever seen Jerry Micklick reload a fucking six shooter, but <laughs> that motherfucker scary. is scary as shit. <laughs> so, and, and something else you said, you said buyback. I hate that term because it, you they're, they're starting to say, now they're calling it, Kamala Harris is calling it a mandatory yeah. buyback. Yeah. That's fucking churching up the word Confiscation. Confiscation. It's a confiscation. It is a fucking confiscation. You, you can't buy back well, anything that wasn't yours. Exactly. That's not, that's, that, that doesn't work. You don't buy fuck all, and, for instance. It's not like she's not made a career out of doing things she shouldn't do. But whatever. She's got a great record. No, they, uh, and I was hearing some of the stuff. So I went to Biden's website directly right. and read the quote. And it's, fucking bananas the stuff that they're saying about guns mandatory buyback of all they're they're not even calling them assault rifles anymore that's not scary enough weapons of war oh solid because yeah, uh, that's it. that probably causes right. just a little more fear weapons mandatory buyback we're going to give you a choice mandatory buyback or national registration like it's dude, not how this works no it's what? not how it works yeah let me see if i can pull it dude. up dude but here's here's my question to you and looking at the law enforcement community just in general. So yep. what happens if that happens? Like I, I think this is a this is a really fucking really, really scary conversation because they're gonna want the police officers to be their goon squad. They like tried how, that in New how Jersey, are they gonna right? do that? Didn't they, didn't they try well, that here, in New Jersey? Here again, here again, every single police officer I know says there is no way. I'm participating in that because that's a fucking death sentence. It is. It's hey, fucking so knock, knock, goddamn knock. dangerous. Hey, I, I don't want to be doing this. I feel like I'm violating your rights, but um, I'm here to confiscate your weapons. There's right. some states that, that would be scary. Yeah, they're, I mean, yeah. scary, scary. Well, Lake Stevens, Washington, if you're listening, that would be scary to do that there. Yeah. Because there's a bunch of guys like me <laughs> that aren't turning their shit in. So check this out. This is right off of the Biden-Harris this is off of their, his website. It says, we want to ban the manufacture and sale of assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Federal law prevents hunters from hunting migratory game birds with more than three rounds in their shotgun. That means federal law does more to protect ducks than your children. Like, what? <laughs> what? And it says, this time bans will be designed based on the lessons we learned from the 1994 bans. Um... We're working to pass legislation to use his executive authority to ban importation of weapons as well. And, and, and they just, they go on and on and they talk about, um, they talk about the different, uh, confiscations or that, well, they call it the mandatory buyback or the national registration and they're putting it out there. Yeah. They're not even hiding it they're anymore. Not they're not even sure, like yeah. trying to church it up. We're, we're coming for your guns. And, and which I, I actually think this is a good thing. I really do. Yeah, I think because that'll be it, the straw that breaks camel's at back. At least they Damn put right. it out. And so people and the voters can Go look it up. really, there are more new gun owners in the United States in the past 12 months as there have been literally statistically annually, I think it's something like five, Not 10, control. 15, 20, 30, yep. whatever times in the last five years. Mm -hmm. So I think if anything, this is proven the government cannot protect you in a time of duress and emergency. No. The government cannot protect you. So this is an argument as a society, which is, do you want to be... cannot. Won't. Won't. That's it different. will come out won't. and say... They won't For instance, it. in Houston, the, the, the police department came out in Houston and a few places, Detroit, Houston, these main metropolitan areas and said, we will not 
be able to protect you during a time of COVID. Sorry. It is. Boy. You will have to protect yourself. So here's the expectation. That's the thing that I would love to challenge all these fucking progressives with that want to take this, which is if the government can't protect me or my family, which is what they keep telling us. And they've, that's what they've told us for years. And this is why they want, this is why they want our fucking rifles because every one of these rifles is going to go out and commit a fucking homicide or whatever the fuck it is. Okay. How do you expect me to protect my family against criminals that yeah, don't exactly live by the letter of the law? Don't give a shit. That don't give a shit that will get a weapon wherever the fuck they find one that will break into my house. And oh, by the way, in the, the police department that you want to defund, do you want to defund the police department? You want to make, you know, drugs legal. You want to make uh, the ability for people to, 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 to live wherever the fuck they want to live. And now you want to take away things from law-abiding citizens that have gone through the proper procedures to buy them. Maybe you focus your energy on people that probably have been breaking the law. I'm just throwing that out there. But you're yeah. focusing your energy on taxpayers that have gone through the letter of the law that don't break the law. Yep. And now you're going after a tax-paying base of, what is it, 50-plus million people own more than one firearm in the United States. 40-plus million people in the United States consider themselves firearm enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. So now you're going after a bunch of taxpayers that, oh, by the way, don't break the law. Statistically, it's an anomaly for a person with a concealed carry permit to actually break the law outside of traffic violations, which is speeding yeah. and a few of these other you things. They don't make, with a they do not commit violent crimes. Well, it's no. the same thing with AR-15s. Right. How many people are committing homicides with AR-15s? Statistically, it's almost insignificant. Like, sure, you have a mass shooting here or there that all the media attention goes to that. It's shitty pistols in the hood that people are shooting each other with. Right. It's gang violence. It's gang warfare. That's the gun violence in America. Nobody wants to fucking talk about that. Um, yeah, you're right. That's they, this they, the majority of the gun violence. They want, and, and you know, another big piece of that pie is suicide. Right. They class huge, that in. Massive. Massive. Huge. Well, and mass shootings are two or more. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, you know, like on that website, it said, we're going to, we're going to get weapons of war off the streets. You don't have sophisticated AR-15s on the streets. Yeah. I'm sure at some places you may come across that, but it's, it's the exception. It's not the rule. And the other thing on your point of you should be allowed to protect your family because the law enforcement officers may not be able to respond. I always want to ask these political elites, like I would love to be at like a town hall meeting with Joe Biden and just raise my hand and be like, what kind of uh, weapon systems is your security detail running? Right. I would love to know. And it's arbitrary. I mean, it's a rhetorical question because I worked protection detail for uh, right. Department of Justice and we were allocated to protect Supreme Court justices. So I know exactly what those teams are outfitted with. Everybody has a Glock 19 and an AR-15. Yep. So those weapon systems are safe and proficient enough to protect you and your family. But I mean, you just own a coffee company. What do you need it for? Yeah, what do I need it for? Right, right. or that guy over there, he's an electrician. What does he need it for? Like, well, th what they're doing is they're creating a class system. Exactly. By doing this, they're saying there is a division between we're more you important and than me. You. We're way more important than you are. Look, you peasant. Yes, we're we're the peasant system. We're the class. We're the class below them. Laws don't apply to them. For instance, you know, if any one of us in the military would have done what Hillary Clinton did with her emails yeah. and violation yeah. of ultimately her security clearance, like any one of us probably would have been thrown in jail. We would have been in Leavenworth Back if we would have been in the military. Up. How many times did you 
have a piece of TS equipment that you were terrified to move out of the uh, fucking yeah, room it was move, in. Move out. <laughs> yeah. The room. Little when you knew it, it was allowed in the whole building. Put uh-huh. a, you're terrified to move it. Put a server in your fucking house yeah. and then delete and dumpster fire thousands of fucking emails and then have organize your, your entire staff. staff to break and dismantle <laughs> their phones. So I think that for me is when I see all of these have all of these things happen in the United States and the gaslighting that needs to be done is by the community, we have to hold these people more accountable, right? Yeah. Why are we as a community, everyone together saying, we cannot let the stupid people run our lives? Like in the politicians themselves, I think they are the they're the fucking dum-dums, man. Like no, they Beto are, for O'Rourke, sure. for instance, in Texas. He got barely graduated from college. He he got fucking rolled up on trespassing and fucking DUIs and all this other stuff. He's a idiot. <laughs> He's a cla- he is a first rate moron. And people are like, yeah, I want that moron to represent me. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, why are you and yeah. why are we as a society accepting? The, the the village idiots, but we're not even to move out to fucking Washington to represent us, and then they're like, "I want you to pass laws that will ultimately affect me." That's not, what I want you to do. It's not even that we're accepting; it's that there is an inference that there are only specific choices. You know, right. for instance, all of you that voted, because you know everybody's fucking posting their "I voted" fucking stickers all over the goddamn <laughs> yeah. social media. Right? Was it a surprise, or were you expecting? only two choices on the goddamn ballot for the presidential election. Right. Was it a surprise that there was like, what, five, six? Yeah, six. Okay, yeah. so... It was a surprise. Yeah, and for almost everybody, I'm sure. And the only reason it's a damn surprise is because the third party hurt the left and right Republican-Democrat parties a couple decades ago, yeah. and then they forced them out yeah. by saying, oh, well, you need, an, you need a specific percentage of the, right. the popular vote by polling to then be allowed in a debate. And the way that I see that is that's segregation. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can come to school here, but you're going to have your classes in the gymnasium yeah. where we can't see you. Right. Fuck you. Like, that's a real easy way to show a group of people in a country, you don't matter. And then everybody says, hey, you know what? Vote third party, that's, that's a way to throw your vote out. Yeah, no, no, exactly. no. That's literally how this system changes. Yep. By showing them this amount of people want change. I think that's, I, I think that's a good point. I, I just I was thinking while you were talking, I was like, what these motherfuckers are, they're a cartel. Yeah. Like that's, that's like, they yep. are trying to make us Both sides. afraid. Hmm? So when you look at the DNC and the RNC both, they just need to be lumped in to, one group. They, they are one group. Damn they're right. a political cartel you think that they ultimately operates in order to breed Fear and yep. control into the American population. Yeah. That's and what they are. And at what point are people just going to have enough? It, it's uh, happening. It ha- yeah, that's what I'm For saying. For instance, in Texas, Jorgensen was right. already polled at over 3% of the vote. Right. That's a lot. Uh-huh. That's a lot. Do people understand how, how much that is? Because I don't think people do. That's a big deal. And that's not getting reported on. And it's not getting reported on because more people hear that that are told, ah, your third party votes trash. They would do it. Yeah. If they had heard that that's what's going on. She's not going to win, right? But they get a seat at the table, an actual seat at the table. Right. We actually get a different choice. Well, when, when does it, 
But I think when people say that it's enough is... Well, one, I, I think it's through information, right? So yeah. they, they have to be educated, one, on their constitution and, and just quite literally, what, what is America all about? What, is it, what does it mean to be uh, a, a capitalist? What does it mean to say, hey, it's, it's a capitalist constitutional republic? Yeah. You know, why does this, does this work? Why do the checks and balances work? Why do the, I mean, you have, you have Congress people representatives that don't even understand it, the branches of government. Yeah. They don't understand what the legislative fucking arm of the government is supposed to do. Well, they don't, they, they, they continue to lie to the American public. Kamala Harris the other day said something. She, she gave Pence an education, historical education during the debate. And she said, Abraham Lincoln, you know, you might've heard of him, you know, and in that voice. You might have heard of a guy called Abraham Lincoln, which is called woman'splaining, right? Woman'splaining, and he's like, okay, yeah, of course I've heard of Abraham Lincoln, right? <laughs> he's Remember, on the five dollar bill. Yeah, and she's like, he waited <clears throat> for the next election to appoint a Supreme Court judge, and then they did a fact check on it, and they're like. Completely incorrect. Yeah. Like not they completely made up. Did not happen. She did not. She didn't have. She had one thing straight there. He was the president. He was the president. <laughs> yeah. That was the only thing. So I'm sitting here going, when are there going to be consequences for yeah. the dum-dums in Washington when they go out and they misrepresent facts and they know they're, even if they don't know, if they're caught in misrepresenting facts or lying it's, it's or a lie, spinning even, they get fucking fired. That was You're more, done. that was just more flaming the fan of division. Right. Trump shouldn't be allowed to elect a, or appoint a Supreme Court justice. And that became like a national story. He's the president. That's how it's worked. That's how it's always worked. We, yeah, the Republicans he, have he the need, Senate. And then and we have the White House. And then the, so left's, always the left's narrative is he needs to wait. He needs to appreciate because, the people's vote. Because they keep saying. Would they ever, they, would, the, would the Democrats have done that? No. Get the fuck out of They keep saying here, that, dude. well, you know, we waited. And it's like, no, you didn't. If you didn't have the House, they, you didn't have the Senate, and you didn't have the White House. You you had the White House. Uh -huh. So Obama had or was trying to appoint a judge, and the Senate was like, "Fuck off!" Yeah, we that's how played. the game works, dummies. And talk but, about spin. I mean, the appoint she's now a Supreme Court justice. Thank fucking God. Was labeled by Scalia as what one of his most brilliant students. Yeah. Okay, we're going to pick a female that was then labeled as a brilliant student before getting groomed for this. Uh huh. She almost couldn't have been a better choice on that side of the court because that's what's going to happen. And they lose their minds. Well, that's people, the thing. People lose their, everybody loses, everybody loses their minds. They're so hypocritical across the board. And they, I think finally <clears throat> people are catching on just how dumb this entire system is and how dumb these representatives are just because they're so hypocritical across the board, which is we have to break the glass ceiling. We have to encourage, you know, women in positions of power, except for conservative women. Yeah. Sorry, Wait, except those, for conservative women. women. And it's the same thing across the board, except for conservatives. What we mean is if they fit our fucking political, same, and same thing with agenda, conservative gays, except exactly. for conservative gays or conservative black men. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nope. No, you don't count. You don't count. <laughs> Because you don't fit our agenda. Sorry. It's Actually, like, no, not, not a sorry. It's you should follow the agenda. What's wrong with you? Yeah, if you don't 
follow the agenda and walk lockstep. This is an Orwellian fucking, like, well, this is an Orwellian, like, nightmare that we're living in yeah, where we're just like, what the fuck you, is going on, you and, I have, you and I have talked about this. The division and the, the insanity and the lockstep attitude is crazy left and right. You know, when people say, when you and I have talked about and yeah. said, oh, yeah, no, we've had people ask our opinions on X, Y, and Z. Call it, say, drug reform or weapons, right? Like, I oh, know I, I think everybody should be able to own a firearm if they can legally own a firearm and they go through all the checks. Like, oh, you, you just like a total crazy right-wing Trump supporter. Like, no, I don't. That doesn't mean I have to do that. Like, right. that's not how the system works. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to be lockstep on one party or lockstep on the other. Like, I'm not your enemy. We're all citizens of the same country. I have the same passport you do. But yeah. see, the thing is, I mean, the narrative is creating division. And then creating that division through fear. Creates control. Right. And you see all the stuff they're trying to do to make people afraid. COVID is being used to make people afraid. Yeah. You know, like all this firearm stuff, everything that they push. And as soon as someone tries to present, I mean, what's the opposite of fear is being prepared. Yeah. And we talked about this before the podcast we started. Did. Like I become buddies with Mike Glover over the last couple of months. Love that guy. I went down to Prescott yeah. and did his podcast. Yeah. That's why I got this, this hat. Shout out, Fieldcraft Survival. Yeah. yeah. Because his whole movement is preparedness, what that does is it takes away from fear. If you're prepared, we like military 101, like we did a lot of scary shit, but because we were prepared and we were trained, when you were boots on the ground kicking doors, it didn't feel scary. Fear wasn't an emotion that you really felt because we prepared ourselves. Mike Glover's whole platform is trying to help people become prepared. And they shut his ass down for it. Like, yeah. what is that? Yeah. yeah you know? He's raising a militia. And he's not doing any of that stuff. He's not doing any of he's that. He's teaching people to like, be competent crazy. and prepared. And they fucking shut all of his stuff down. You know? So it's like... You're they, go- they, it's an oligarchy. Yeah. It, it, you're going up look, against this system. You're going up as against soon as they the see entire somebody system. That's, he's catching some steam. He's right. building a platform. He's, build, he's creating a following. People are seeing like, okay, this is what I need to do. To be prepared, like get rid of that guy. Whatever we got to do, because I was listening to him on uh, on Cleared Hot on my drive down here, right? And he's like, "There's protocols for all of these major media platforms when you've either violated something yeah. or you've said something that's outside of your user agreement. They contact you or they suspend you. Right. None of that shit happened to him. He said he went to log in, and American contingency no longer existed. You yeah. Know? Well, and that's and that's happening. Time and time again, because the the political elite, I think with I, I think there's a there's that class system, right? It doesn't matter. We can classify it as the ultra wealthy and powerful, because I don't think anybody is immune to this. I also think when we look at large corporate interests, and then ultimately, I, I look at this class system as you have large corporate interests that ultimately control both the DNC and the RNC. It doesn't matter, right? And then the DNC and the RNC, they're they're in charge of essentially the news outlets. So they create the talking points, and they gaslight everybody, and then they create the fucking divisions within each one of the parties. So as we look at it, it's like, okay, so who's in charge of what? Well, you have to really look at who has the most to lose, Really, like why are, or, or who's in charge of what? We have to look at who has the most to lose. And so when we look at the people, power to the people, we look at the general population, 
the middle class America, we pay the bills. Yep. Yep. We pay the bills. It's not the top 1%. They don't pay the taxes. Actually, the middle class American, they burden the majority of the tax burden in the United States. That's what they do. It's not the lower percentage. It's not the highest percentage. It's right there. It's cut right down the middle of the swath of the country. The transference of wealth and power is it continues to be, we're the beast of burden of the United States. Middle-class America is the beast of burden. That's what people have to realize. So you have one side, what do they want? They want to be able to ultimately control that because they want to <laughs> move power or wealth from that, tax, from that taxpayer into their pocket. That's what they want. And both sides, power or wealth to this side. So when you look at it, you're like, well, yeah, middle America in the in, in, in middle class Americans, they're being squeezed to death by two sides, full spectrum of the tax of the entire tax basis. But the majority of the control comes from the wealthiest of America. So am I am I a corporate class, you know, um, uh, warrior? No, not at all, man. I'm saying just the way the system works, that's the way it works. Wall Street is contributing 10, 15, 20, 30 times out contributing to the Biden campaign more than the average donor in the Trump campaign. So when people say, well, Biden's for the working class. No, he's not, dummies. (laughs) He's not for the fucking working class. Like, wake up. He's He's not trying to go out and lobby and make fucking administrative changes for None the working class. He wants all of these politicians, and that's why I think, I really think Trump took it from both sides. I really do. I think the RNC hated him. They did. The DNC hated him. Both sides hated him. That's they why all still hate him. That's why he had three and a half years of this fiction. That's why they thought that they could run these fake investigations through the fucking FBI. Fake impeachments. Fake impeachments, fake investigations, fake, 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 right? And if anyone, we should be at least regardless of what people think of Trump. Do I like all of his policies? No. Do I like his fucking tweeting behavior? No. Do I like this first debate? No. Like there's like no, no, no all yeah, the way was kind of But you abortion. know what I do like? And he's everybody hates him. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want endless war. Yeah. 47 years of this corporate elitist fucktard yeah. that has gotten into decades of war. Trump's brought home more troops than any president in living memory. We have, we Period. have new peace agreements in the Middle East. He doesn't want fucking endless war. He's taken fucking China to task. Look at what he's done and go, how are we as a country, we want to reelect and go back to people that want to transfer wealth from the taxpayer into corporate America to get us into these fucking wars that never end, by the way. There's no goals. There's no objectives. There's no clear winning strategy. There's nothing. And it's just hollow, empty fucking words of just us being bilked year after year of just fucking increased taxes for what? It's just moving it from here over to the people that build fucking tanks and build fucking planes. And then we're going to war in the country of fucking Afghanistan where ultimately the Taliban can't take away our right to exist. There's no... There's no way that we have jeopardized our sovereignty and we're paying. They sure took away your right to have a good experience in the airport. They sure fucking did, didn't they? Right? (laughs) So you're allowing people. Now your dick's getting grabbed and you're getting x-rayed every time. 
the country has allowed this to happen, right? The taxpayers have yeah. continued to allow this to happen. Which is understandable to a point with some sure. of the fear. Like, I get it. I but get it. Trillions and we all were part of our it. dollars, the middle class. Gone. Trillions of our dollars have been moved out of our pockets. The, our friends, our fucking peers, portions of our, our fucking country, gone, evaporated through death and through the destruction of their lives. Hundreds of thousands of fucking Afghanis and Iraqis fucking gone. And for countries that have zero ability to take away our sovereignty, they can't, the Taliban couldn't mount a fucking, what are they going to mount a, a, a horse crossing from the fucking ocean to come and invade <laughs> America? Or, or Saddam, who is literally it's stabilizing the, a country? It's the largest perpetration of fraud. You know what's interesting about that is like, remember when we were in our 20s, like you couldn't get enough of war. No. Yeah. It's like, fucking deploy me, deploy right, me, yeah, deploy yeah. me. Yeah. Yes, yes, you know. And then as a 40-year-old man looking back on it and then seeing how many veterans are fucked up from it, how many I've had, I mean, everybody at this table I'm sure has lost multiple friends to suicide. And then what they're doing for the veterans on the back end. And almost every veteran I know now looks back on it and is like, was that worth it? Right. You know, I got, that's a whole nother fucking topic, but it's, it's all intertwined, you know? It is all intertwined. I think as vets, as a bunch of guys, I think that's where the next generation of leadership, like deciding how the fuck they're going to be proactive in their community. There's, yeah. a, there's a reason TR, like Teddy Roosevelt, was not hawkish. He went to war and he lost a son mm -hmm. in war, in combat. He's the only sitting president that lost a son in combat. That dude did not want this to, this kind of shit to go on. Yeah, exactly. He, he was very similar. Before he's he like, sends other people's he's like, sons. Look, I, I, I've literally been shot at. Right. This is bad. Let's not do this. Right? So we, we have somebody now in office that has not participated in that at all. No. Right? And people bitch and moan about draft dodging. And you know what? Be that as it may, he has brought home more troops mm -hmm. than has happened in living memory. When he hasn't started Period. a new one. No. He's, he's stopping <laughs> like he them. He hasn't started like, a I, new I remember, bullshit I was, and, and I, was in, I was in Afghanistan when the drawdown happened in Iraq. Right. Dude, do you remember when, uh, when uh, Iran shot the missiles at Al-Assad Air Base? Yeah. yeah. Everybody was just chomping at the bit. Let's go. Let's go send. We need revenge. We need revenge. And I was like, fuck, man. I hope he doesn't buckle to this because they shot him. I mean, they fucking purposely didn't fucking kill any Americans. Sure. You know what yeah, I mean? If they want <laughs> like the Iranians are competent at killing yeah. Americans, they know where the fuck we are. I don't know, man. Yeah. You can, you can look Al Assad Air Base up on Google Earth yeah. and see where the fucking hangars are at. But uh, he just, he just took, took it in stride and said, you know what? And, and, and took the high road. And didn't do anything. And like, I don't know, man, like 10 years ago, I'd have been like, kill them all, yeah. you know? But now having a, 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 looking at it through a different lens to use Andy Stump's verbiage, I think that was the high road, you know? Yeah. I, I think it is. But I had people ask me, you know, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think he's going to go? And I'm like, you know, based on the track record, I don't think, I think they're going to, if something else happens, they'll stop it from continuing. But I don't think we're going to be making any aggressive moves. Yeah. Not with the way that this administration's been I, do, doing I don't stuff. think we have to. That's no. the thing is like, it's, it's Theodore why? Roosevelt. Yeah, why? Like walks, walks softly, carry a big stick. That's what we've been and doing. And then when you... And the big because, stick right now is economic. 
Well, and everybody too has seen, hey, United States goes to war. Everybody in the United, everybody in the world's like, holy fuck, let's not piss off the United States. Those fucking dudes are crazy. They're gonna invade our country. <laughs> They're gonna like Halliburton's gonna be like, oh shit, let's let's get a couple more billion dollars on our balance sheet, right? <laughs> yes. Like they're gonna lobby some fucking crazy dumbass politician. They're gonna be like, fucking hey, let's go. Like <laughs> they spent like, 110 of the last 130 years in war. They know what they're they, doing. Yeah, they they got it, right? Rick, Russia has the fucking like grand economy of the size of fucking New York. Like, stop talking about Russia. Like, it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> and it's, and it's a dumbass goddamn conversation. Beat them in the field of fucking intelligence and fucking economy. You can fucking beat the dog shit out of them. You don't need to be like, well, the Russians are killing fucking Americans in Afghanistan. Oh, you think? So were we. You guys know that, that we were doing that too, right, dummies? That's the way it works. It's yeah. called a proxy war. But and it's been being, going on not being involved in fucking proxy wars is the first step in not killing fucking Russians or having the Russians kill us. Uh-huh. Like, it's pretty fucking easy, man. And I'm like, but if we were fucking really jumping, like, both feet in to a large scale, like, international intelligence, right? Like, using our special operations, using our intelligence fucking forces the way they should be used and not fucking deploying, you know, MRAPs and fucking tanks and all this other bullshit were much scarier because the Chinese and the Russians would know like, holy fuck, dude, they have eyes, they have ears everywhere. If we fuck up, we're going to be under economic sanctions that will destroy our economy. Our people will starve. They're going to revolt and we're going to be out of fucking jobs. More than likely, we're going to go the way of the Bolshevik revolution where the fucking czars were executed in their fucking house. That's where power really exists. Not fucking like, oh, they know, the Russians know we can't invade their fucking country. We don't have the capacity to do it because Nobody has we're playing around in anywhere. these bullshit countries that mean nothing strategically when you look at them. Like, we can have the same thing by going, hey, we're going to pay a couple billion bucks a year. We want an airfield in your fucking country. And oh, yeah, we want a fucking pipeline. And oh, by the way, if you fuck around, we're, you're going to have no a bunch money. of fucking SF guys... Yeah riding on horses and fucking the God is going to rain fucking burning metal down on your heads. Fuck around, right? Greg, was that it? <laughs> that was good, man. <laughs> we go off a rail? Uh, All right. So you got your podcast, right? Yeah. What's it called? It's called Endless Endeavor. Um, we got 20 episodes out. Nice. And that was, uh, I mean, fuck, dude. I never thought I'd have a podcast. I wasn't like something that I really even thought about. Right. And then uh, Andy invited me on his six months ago or whatever it's been now. I got a lot of people hitting me up. Yeah. Dude, you should do your own. You should do your own. Yep. So I was like, fuck it. Let's give it a try. Exactly. And uh, it's actually doing really well. So it's pretty cool. So what what are the first 20 episodes? Like, give us uh, what do you, are you, you know just what? you? Or are you interviewing no, people? Most, there's a couple episodes. It's just me. But uh, I didn't really want to pigeonhole myself. Like, oh, this is, it's military history or it's jujitsu. It's just a little bit of everything. Right. You know, it's some, some of it's about like health and wellness, mental health. Um, I've had a couple doctors on talking about the COVID thing, jujitsu stuff, just kind of all over the place. But yeah, people are digging it. So yeah. Cause you had, you had nodes, nose surgery or some shit like yeah. a long time ago. What'd yeah. they have to do? What was that? Um, I just couldn't breathe through my nose for like, right. was it from getting like, punched in the yeah. face? Really? So I wasn't, I mean, it had been so long, I wasn't sure mm-hmm. if I'd always been like that right. or if it was from fighting. 
And I went and got a CAT scan and it had a bunch of fractures in it. Really? And so, yeah. They cut. That was a gnarly fucking have you seen? Photo, have you bro. seen this picture? Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you. So, and, and thank God I didn't see this picture before the surgery. <laughs> it's because, like a gnarly. But they had to uh, basically cut my entire nose off. So I'm looking at your nose. I'm like, how the fuck did they do that? Because it doesn't, yeah. yeah it looks yeah, fucking. It's a little scar right on the bottom. Wow. But, uh. Yeah, for the first time in a long time, I can finally breathe out of it. What? Isn't that gnarly? Right? My my, <laughs> my ranger buddies were sending me DMs like, take that down, you're turning me on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't unsee that. But yeah, no, it's uh it's weird how things work out, man, because the I got out of law enforcement and then the George Floyd thing happened. Right. And everybody hates cops, especially in Seattle. All of my coworkers were like man, I wish I could get out of this. And then uh, my gym's blowing up now. We're doing really well. We remained open against the governor's edicts. You know, like, obviously we shut down for a month because everyone was unsure of what this was. And then I got to a point where I said, you know what? People are consenting adults that can think for themselves. If you want to train jujitsu and CrossFit, let's go. Right. And uh, it's been doing awesome. So... It's interesting. Where's it at? Lake Stevens, Washington. What's it called? Electric Jiu-Jitsu and CrossFit Lake Stevens. But it's interesting how like you get rewarded for a little bit of courage, you know? It's because all the other gyms are shut down. So everybody's coming to us. It's been really awesome. And uh, you got a wife, kids? Yeah, I got a wife, three daughters. What's your wife do? Stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, she's a stay-at-home school teacher. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I know that. Seems to be play. Hey, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Like, but uh, we got my youngest daughter in private school yesterday, finally. Because, oh, really? dude, in, in Seattle area, yeah. when they announced that schools were shut down, it was like a fucking mad dash to get your kids into private school. Right. And uh, they filled up. So we, the private schools are still taking kids. Yes. Got it. Okay. So the private school that we... It was interesting, man. The morning that we heard schools weren't opening up, we started trying to like research it and find out what schools were good. And we found one we liked. We called them and they said, yeah, we have openings for all three of your daughters. By the time we drove there that afternoon, they were all gone. Yeah, dude, it filled up fast. And so they had an opening come up for whatever reason. My youngest got in and they said, once you get one family member in, now you're on the short list if they right. have any other openings. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, that's been tough. I mean, kids aren't supposed to learn by staring at a laptop. No. They got enough screen time with their bullshit, you know? Yeah, it, it's a constant conversation for me and my wife. Like, you know, how do we provide education? Because we're just homeschooling now. We just, like, I, we looked at the the local curriculum and it's like, my daughter's doing fucking second and third grade math. She's done with her uh, first grade math curriculum. It's not even December and yeah. she's done with her first grade math curriculum. And it's like, there's so many lost hours. And now when we look at it, like what was going on? No, there's so many lost hours, man. Like so many, like with for us, yeah. <clears throat> like I, I'm not telling anybody what they should, should or shouldn't be doing. Cause it works for everybody differently, but it's like, we've just, we've been fortunate. My wife gets to stay home with, with the girls and my youngest is not in preschool because there isn't really preschool. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's nothing you can do about again? three and six. Okay. So first grade and preschool, but it's been, 
it's been better for us because what it, it taught us was, oh, we don't actually need to have our first grader actually in school six hours a day or whatever yeah. it is. We, we don't need it. And I mean, especially like your daughters are, you know, they float around here. Like they're getting, they, they're socialized. Yeah. Like they're not, they're super like you're, you're not keeping them in a closet at home where, all right, you get to learn and then go to sleep. Like, well, and that's what I've always said about school. Like that is a big, important part. It is. Yeah, Socialization absolutely. and learning to, because everybody knows some homeschool kids that like. But you're able to accomplish that weirdos, outside right? of just school. Exactly. No, if you get them in, like you said, have them around here, have them, yeah. get them involved in some type of sports curriculum. Exactly. Like there's ways around that, you know? What we're doing this year is we're, you know, ski hills are right up the road. So the girls are going to be on the ski hill like two, three times a, a, a week. That's awesome. And, you know, instead of, you know, going to school for six hours a day, they're going to be in school for, you know, an hour, oh, two hours and have the same amount of time. Then they're going to have more time. You know, a season pass is really not that expensive around here. Oh. Multi fucking hill season pass. You know, they'll be on the ski hill. We'll, we'll get way more time with the kids. We've gotten way more time. Plus we can travel now. So like, I can take the girls with me when I go to Texas. Yeah, that's huge. And or one, you know, so we, we freeze up our schedule. I'm just really, for me, I want to focus on what this thing has done is it's shown me one. Well, and I, it's something I've always known, right? It's like the government can't protect you. Yeah. Right. And there's no, there should be zero expectation as it can. There, there can be some expectation there. It's like, Hey, my taxpayers are, are going into, you know, a few things like, I want good roads. I want fucking, you know, I mean, little, little expectation, yeah, yeah. right? It's like, I want good roads. I want to be able to make sure that, you know, the people that are out there are driving roughly the same speed limit and they're not fucking inebriated. But outside of that, man, like I have zero expectation for my tax dollars and what they're going to be used for. And, uh, and I don't really even want to be a participant with the government structure of things because they're dum-dums. Yeah. Like they're just a bunch of dum-dums running things. No, like I've said about this COVID thing, both with my business and with the kids, like there's actually parts of it that are blessings in disguise because yeah. it, it kind of encouraged you to take that step to be more independent of the government. And learn know? to be yeah. more prepared. Yeah. Learn you know, to be more we, prepared. We've talked about this yeah. since the spring, since it, like since the first couple we, podcasts we did for got, free range. I got it's, solar panels on the house. I've got prepared. a fucking Jenny on there. We, we, Garden. Yep. like we got, you know, so for us, I'm like, this is great, man. Like, honestly, you know, do I think that it's been great for a lot of people? No, no absolutely not. I'm just saying it from my, from my family, for my business, for my, for, for what I think is important and prioritization of things. Yeah. It's taught me a lot. It's exposed. It's pulled the fucking curtain back. For sure. And it said, I don't want the dum-dums to actually be part of my family life or my fucking business life. We create our ecosystem here at the company, right? Yeah. We get to select who we fucking work with. So longer the military, you yeah. know, it's like, oh, these are the guys you're going to work with. No, man, like I get to decide that ecosystem. And now I'm looking at it, I'm like, fuck, man, I'm 40. I get a great opportunity. I can spend more time with my kids. We can do more traveling. We can become more, you know, I, I should, we can become more, involved in nature too, which is a big fucking thing, you know, hunting and fishing and being outside. I don't have to worry about some dumb, dumb teacher that has a political agenda feeding my fucking daughters full of garbage. Well, and it's right? happening. Yeah, it is. So my 11 year old, 
and I've told this story on my show a couple of times, but I walk in her room and there was a LGBTQX flag hanging up. Right. What is an X? I don't know. What's the X? X, Y, whatever. C3PO. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sure, I, it wasn't an eye chart. <laughs> and I was like, so tell me about this. Oh, well, uh, everyone at school says this is like a good thing. Right. Like, why is that a good thing? Well, because this girl realized that she's a lesbian and then this girl realized, I said, you guys are 10. Okay. (laughs) I said, let me explain something to you. When you develop your sexuality, because I asked her, I said, okay, well, are you a lesbian? She's like, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I said, well, let me just impart a little wisdom on you. When you reach an age where you develop your sexuality, you're going to know what you are. Period. You don't need to have somebody at school tell you this or tell you that, you know? And we started talking about it. And all the kids think that their history teacher is a homophobe because he's not willing to recognize gender neutral pronouns. He's like, I'm just going to call these kids him or hers. Yeah. Right. And I was like, oh, fuck, dude, this is, (laughs) you hear about this stuff. And now my 11 year old is bringing it home. And I was like, yeah, private school is sounding better. What happened? Like, what happened to, and I, I've talked about it on the podcast a lot, but it's like, what happened to these educators where they became so consumed with genitalia? That's the thing that should be super <laughs> it's concerned. Weird, it's weird. Yeah. Like you're super concerned with fucking the sexual, sexual preference, of preference of a minor and their genitalia. Yeah. That, that's, that's more concerning to me for like this elementary and junior high for teachers to be like, Very what is your weird. sexual orientation? It's like, fuck off. Teach, teach math, teach, yeah. motherfucker. But then the like, flip side of that is the one teacher that says, hey, I don't want to get, in, I'm not getting involved in all this stuff. I'm not yeah. recognizing that stuff. I'm here to teach you history. All the kids are turning against him. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> It's like, hey, I'm here. But that's where this participation participation trophy fucking generation of idiots and all these academics that went to school. Like that's the big, I think we hit on it. That's the big one, which is why are all these educators so fucking fixated on the sexual orientation of minors and their genitalia? Like that's the real question we we should all be asking as parents going, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like you guys need to like, (laughs) like, you're super concerned (laughs) with the wrong shit. It all just math, motherfucker. uh, It all just loops to the St. George in retirement issue, you know, which is St. George in retirement. You ever heard this? Uh -uh. So St. George kills the dragon. Right. From the fable, right? And he's retired. So he needs to find more dragons to kill. Right. That's what's going on in academia. Uh It's like they killed all the dragons. And I think he talks about that in Madness of Crowds. Like all the dragons are dead. Right. You know, there's still some like fire that we need to put out, but dragons are dead. Dragons are dead. So they're resurrecting these dragons. They're making these, you know, big dragon burning man sculptures. And they're like, look, there it is. Go get it. That's what they're doing. That's what's going on. They're in retirement. They're trying to find some other battle to fight. Yeah. You know, and it's scary because they're they're politicizing and they're polarizing kids. Kids that don't they don't know like they no exactly it's a six year old that like I was talking with Aaron Blevins about this yeah. like you know like her daughter like, we are more subconsciously racist than the generation that you know we're 
giving birth to, like than right. your daughters, right? Just based on what we grew up sure. with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Our parents more than us mm-hmm. and further back and back and back. They're not coming out the womb like, hey, look, I hate that person because they're ex. Yeah. That's not what's going on. But guess what? In school, they're getting taught that that is what's going on. So now they're confused, angry. Angry at what? Why, why are you making a nine-year-old angry? Yeah. They just need to be happy and like go outside and play games. Yeah. Like let them play with Lincoln Logs or whatever the hell. Like, I don't, like <laughs> yeah. why are they angry about race relations? It's a nine-year-old. So true. Yeah. It's like- It's a nine-year-old. Dude, it's a nine-year-old. Like relax. Let I can't even imagine. Let them be nine. Well, yeah. When I was, at, 12, when I was in elementary school, like if some teacher was talking to me about like being, you know, not being prejudiced towards people, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, I was that's, figuring out. Dude, that's my buddy, man. What are <laughs> yeah. you talking about? Like, I was like, figuring oh, out shit. the correct amount of baseball cards to make a bicycle sound like a motorcycle. <laughs> Seriously. Like, that's, that's about as far as my brain is going. And now kids are coming home like, is it right? Hey, I, I think, think, I, I think I'm a lesbian. What? Who's <laughs> yeah. yeah. 10? <laughs> like, Straight dude, up, when man. I was 10, I was still playing with G.I. Joes, man. Like, <laughs> I, I was trying to repel off fucking houseplants in my house with like string and <laughs> shit. Like, I wasn't talking about whether or not I was like is wanting that, to. Is that a healthy thing for these, you know, St. George's out there to be doing to people? Like, It's an unnecessary it's thing. It's completely unnecessary. Yeah. And they're garnering a lot of support for it in, and they're being paid by taxpayers. Yeah. They're being paid by us. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I don't want to be a participant. I don't want to be a participant in this stuff. You should be able to pull that money. Hey, I'm all done. I'm all good. Right. I'm, I'm all good. I don't want some, like, and I know these people, right. And so do we, like, we know these people. And this is my theory too, which is, my brother's a teacher. Like you went to school for six years and you got a bullshit degree that means nothing. I'm sorry. You know, maybe you should have, Went to trade school, you know, I mean, and you make 20 some thousand dollars a year and, you know, you should be commended in that in the sense of like, you went to go teach, you knew what was going to go on, man. Like, you know, and you don't have to be, I mean, and I'm not beating up educators. I'm beating up a section of our educators because you're socialists. Like, fuck off with your socialism. Stop feeding our fucking children for your political ideology and having this counter narrative against the country's bad. Everybody's bad. Unless you're teaching political science, get out of it. Yeah. Teach math. Teach math. Teach math. Like, and, you know, by the way, guess what? If if the dum-dums, if you couldn't, you know, if you can't find any teachers that, you know, when I say this, it's like the dum-dums are out there teaching our kids. Oh. They're the ones that are like, I'm going to go make $20,000 a year and go to work, you know, working nine months out of the year. Most of these guys aren't altruists, by the way. They're not like, they're not saying, okay, we're going to be anointed with sainthood. They're just regular people (laughs) that are a little bit fucking lazy that were the people that took seven or eight years in college and were smoking dope, had no other fucking options and decided like, this is what I'm going to do. Because nobody's going to go, I'm going to spend $150,000. You don't even, you don't even have to be good at math to understand this equation. I'm going to spend $150,000 going to get a degree where I'm going to get out and make $20,000 a year. And you don't even have to be good at math to fucking figure that one out, right? And so when you look at these guys, I I dropped out of art school and I figured it out. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, when I went to school, man, like I went to, I went to a state university and I was like, I mean, I penciled that shit out and I wasn't a brilliant guy whatsoever, but I penciled it. I was like, 
holy fuck, I'm gonna have to join the army. Like this, this is super expensive. <laughs> this is expensive. Yeah. And guess what? In fucking three years or whatever, however long mm. it took, I was also, you know, in the military, fucking saving, putting money away. In three and a half, four years, I paid back my student loans. Maybe had a few others that were straggling out here. It happens. But political science wasn't going to get me a fucking job doing anything, yeah. by the way. Fuck all. You know what was going to get me a job doing? Like nothing. Like quite literally, I, I, you could put it on a resume to go get a fucking job at a bartender and that's about, I don't even know if I could have got that job. Unless you're going to be a teacher of political science. But even then a bachelor's degree won't get it done. So then no, you, you need have to a master's. On. You have two. to get a master's or you have to get a PhD, right? Or well, two. you really need both. And now. it's like, and now you have, you're saddled with $150,000, $200,000 in college. You're fucking, 28 years old. You're 28 years old. You you've, got a PhD in nothing. You've been in academia your And now you're bitter life. and you're like, of course socialism makes sense. Because you're like, fuck. I wish this all was those, free. All those <laughs> smart should have been guys, free. All the smart guys who went to become chemical engineers are making $150,000 a year, you know, in three or four fucking years. I'm got or, this or the bullshit guy, degree that pays me nothing. Or the guy you're talking I want shit somebody, about. It fixes your electric. Yeah, comes by and he's making six figures. Well, because he went to a trade school. Yeah. Well, that's or the, the welders. The yeah. welders. Those are the guys now. That's HVAC. where the money's at. Well, dude, you're can exactly you, right. Can you weld titanium? If you're out there, you have a unicorn. You yeah. have. You a are unicorn. a unicorn. But that's when we like that. That is a really important point, which is that is a fiction. Yeah, like that is a fiction that has been perpetrated on the American youth, saying if you get a four-year bachelor's degree, you are worth something to the workplace. You deserve something from the workplace. It's not true, by the way. Just so everybody understands, yeah. I don't. When I've interviewed a lot of people for this company, I look at a lot of interviews. My HR department looks at a fucking ton of resumes. I don't give a shit if a person has a four-year degree. I don't care. And how many people here? are working here and doing fantastic and don't have any collegiate experience. I, I can't even tell you because it's not a prerequisite to exactly. the, even what we It doesn't matter. Do. And, well, and the pendulum swung so far to pushing that narrative that you need that. Exactly. That now, I mean, I, I had a guy come out to bid uh, addition on my house. Right. And he was like 55 years old or something. And he goes, I can't get young help anymore. Right. No one wants to be a builder. He's like, when my generation of builders retires, it's good over. luck. And the same thing with electricians and same welders. Thing. It's like, nobody wants to do that anymore. They're above that. I'm going to go to school and like, go to school, get my political science degree. Like you said, do nothing and, look, and I, wait I, tables. I, That's what you're going to do. And, I'm, sure I'm sure I'll take flack, but there's a ton of people that are about to be evicted. There's a lot of people that have been out of work, but you know what I see in every town I've gone to? Home Depot and every grocery store has a sign out fucking front that says we are hiring. Hiring. And look, I there's there's I'm not too good to bag groceries. God, I dig ditches. I did dig ditches. Uh -huh. Like, come on. But I don't think anybody wants to do that. One, they don't want to get their hands dirty. Two, engineering degrees are hard to get. That's mm -hmm. true. They're hard. It's and, hard and not work. Everybody's smart enough to do it. Yeah, it, and that's, I mean, I would love, I see this all the time. I said it on, pod, on Joe's podcast. I would have loved to have been a theoretical physicist. <laughs> like, I would have loved to have done that. It's super cool. I'm not fucking smart enough, man. Uh, like, I, sorry. Like, yeah. I'm a dum-dum. At the end of the day, like, I'm, I'm a businessman. I love doing it. I love running the company and doing this stuff. But 
the only people that should listen to me are the people that like quite literally are like, oh, I guess he'd be somewhat coherent between the F words, I guess. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and the people that work for you. Yeah, yeah. Because they have to. I sign their paychecks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if they don't want to, then they can find another job. I don't give a shit. I float in there somewhere. Yeah, right? But it's, I, I do have at least, just like everybody, every American, we have, we can provide our two cents. Yeah. And I do, I do really love the country. I think that's something that all of us have in common because we've proven that we love the country. And it's not doomed. Like there, it's not. there's a future. It's happening. There's a lot of people that are learning, like, like with what Mike's doing, right? And yeah. then being able to put word out on this podcast when you're on Joe's, like sober information is being disseminated in a coherent fashion and people are listening. I, I think that's part of why people are so angry. And I think that's part of why yeah. young, educated people are angry right now is because they bought into the propaganda. And what they expected was they expected, you know, the the millennium disenfran- financially disenfranchised. Yeah. We really do have to at least identify that, hey, man, they, these guys were lied to. They were lied to by their teachers their fucked. entire lives. They were lied to and said, you're a special snowflake. You're better you deserve, you deserve more. Yeah. You can live your dreams. You know, go on and get your fucking degree in Venetian basket weaving. And you're going to be, you're going to graduate. You're going to be making six plus figures. You're you're going to, you know, marry the, the assigned gender fucking partner that you want. <laughs> Everything is within your grasp. And oh, by the way, you can be anything you want. So you can identify as male, female, lampshade, fucking chair, you know, you don't have to have any utility. You can be late. You can be on drugs. You can do anything. And oh, by the way, those people are waking up to the sober reality of the world. Yep. When they get out, they can't get a fucking job because they or hold a job. They can't hold a job. They can't get a job. And they're saddled with a bunch of fucking debt with something that doesn't matter to anybody else in the workplace. Yep. So they're getting out and they're going, you guys lied to me. All my teachers, you guys lied to me. You said I could be anything that I wanted. I'm a snowflake. I'm special. My dreams were fucking going to be a reality. All I needed was to, to get this Venetian glass, glass blowing fucking degree and bullshit. And I was going to get out and make fucking tons of money and get with my gender partner. And we were going to fucking, <laughs> you know, go off and be fucking happy. And it's like, change no, the world. No, you're not. Like, that's not the way the world works. You have to be valuable. You have to be on time. You have to be clear ahead. You have to understand how to manage or lead. You have to go out and actually create value for people or you're not worth anything. Sorry. Like, I apologize for saying it, but if your parents and your fucking professors and your teachers all lied to you, there's a group of people that won't lie to you. And that's fucking free range American. (laughs) That's right. right. All right, let me ask you this. Take the conversation in a completely different direction. Because I've had two buddies, one in Seattle and one in New Orleans that have seen you guys opening franchises. Oh, yeah. What's that all about? Uh, I mean, it's, it's about franchises. Um, and when we, when we open them, I guess. So we have two different, we have three different routes, actually, which is we have uh, licensing agreements for people. So if they want to license a black, black rifle coffee, uh, that's one deal path. Uh, then you have franchise and typically the franchise, what we're doing is we're um, prioritizing those against veterans that have run. So when I say this, combat veterans that have run businesses in the past. So 
uh, because I can say these are the criteria that I can prioritize against, mm-hmm. which is good to be king. I can say, hey, service is service, but all service is not created equal, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, welcome to the participation trophy generation. Welcome to reality, which is if you're a combat yeah, veteran, that actually means something to the franchise application. It also means something when you're, if you've run a business. So if you have those two things, chances are you're, you're probably going to be front loaded to, uh, to the head of the line. And then, and then we have corporate owned stores. So we have two different pathways. What we're figuring out right now is how do we get people in that maybe don't have the capital requirements because it is fairly capital intensive mm-hmm. to come in with a with a franchise. It costs about a half a million bucks just to get one up. You know, by the time you get your lease and your equipment and everything else, like it's a minimum capital investment of that. Uh, and people are like, "Oh my gosh, it's so expensive." I'm like, Sorry, I, I didn't free. create the rules, man. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just, you know cost. what I mean. Like it sucks. Yeah. It's fucking business, right? Um, and then we have, so we have licensing agreement, we have franchise agreements, and then we have corporate owned stores. And then the guys don't have the liquidity for the either one of those license or franchise agreements. What they do is they can come in and run a corporate owned store for a while. Uh-huh. And then I have another pathway, which is a guys that are retiring or getting out of the mill or have retired and gotten out. They can come in and work with the company for. Uh, basically a year to two years as when I say a uh, project manager and then they can go off and we'll essentially fund one of their uh, corporate one of their one. stores. I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we have a guy, he's a former force recon guy here. Uh, Mike, he's a, I worked with him at, at the agency for a while. He's part of that. He's been here for almost a year now. So he's been living out back in his camper. Fucking. <laughs> awesome. Getting ready, yeah. No, Did that answer your question. Well, yeah, of course. But we were talking about one of my buddies about Seattle, and it's like, I mean, the Starbucks capital oh, yeah. of the world, right? Yeah. But you guys create such a following with a certain demographic of people. Oh yeah, it you might be. make a killing anywhere you go because people will go out of the way to support you guys because of what your mission is and what you stand for and where you came from and all that stuff. And they do. Yeah. yeah, they do. I I, I want to put one in Seattle. I've got a couple locations that I want that I'm I'm looking at. Pike's place next to the original. <laughs> right next, right next door. No. Although there's no, there'll be a heroin <laughs> addict joke. overdosing right no there. Shit. You might want to move a little yeah. farther north. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go. I'm I've got a couple of places that I really like in in Seattle. Uh-huh. Um, that. You know, right across the street from their corporate headquarters. I think that'll be good. You know, down. <laughs> I think what is that first Ave? Is that where that is? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, just then, south of the city. Yeah. No, I and, and now then, coupons to employees. But, like, <laughs> Tacoma, I think is you know you've got a bunch of really cool places in Tacoma. Tacoma used yeah. to be hood. Yeah, now it's, it's great. Nice now. It's fucking badass. Yeah. They've, yeah, they've turned that place around the last twenty years. Yeah. And even, um, I don't think Olympia, I don't think I would put one in Olympia. I think that's just too fucking crunchy for me. Yeah, it probably is. It's, it's just. <laughs> Stay away. Yeah, seriously. I, I, like Bainbridge. it's just weird, you know, but Vancouver is cool, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and then obviously I think Spokane, I think is going to be a big location. Yeah, a We're going to do sure. several in, in the Spokane area. Um, you guys thought about New Orleans at all? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, we we're, we we've kind of got a heat map. I think 
20 and 2021 is what I'm trying to do. So between corporate and franchises, we'll, we'll try to open up uh, 20 and 2021. That's fucking awesome. You know, but we've got some great guys that are in the, in the shoot for those, you know, former, you know, Delta force dudes and former fucking, you know, other unit guys. And it's just fucking weird. Like the, 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 the most elite of, warriors in the history of planet earth are now all part of your baristas. coffee. Stuff. <laughs> now we're going to be baristas. All no, it's cool shots. though, man. It's cool. Cause guys have been there and done that. Like at least a lot of my friends like want to put that behind them. You know what I'm saying? The guys that are still chasing it, like get out of here with that shit. You know, to each their own, yeah, man. Of course. But even, yeah. even, even my buddies that are still doing it, they're like, and they're tired, bro. Yeah. Like 20 years of doing this, like just getting it on. Like, well, fuck, dude. I was fuck, listening. Man. I was listening to your podcast with uh, Petrie. Yeah. He was talking about one of his buddies going through ranger school at 40. It was me. I was like, my buddy fucking oh, Joel. Oh, it was you, yeah, you my, that said that. Okay. My I buddy thought... Joel went through ranger school at 40 years Jeez. old because he's up for CSM. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, man. Talk about a fucking kick in the teeth. I would never yeah, no fucking No part of me that. wants no to go through that. Kick in the knee brace. No. Yeah. That's a kick bad. in the knee brace. Ouch. I'll land on my bad back. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Bro, each their own, Woo. man. Like, yeah, he was. Uh, here's another tangent. He was talking about the uh, Charlie Company two seven five show force jump in Afghanistan. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Were you on that? Better than being on that. <laughs> I flew in the night before, right, on forty sevens with an Air Force team on four wheelers that drove up and down the whole DZ to measure the density of the dirt. Solid to make sure that the C one thirties could land and pick the jocks back up. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my So we gosh. stayed the night out there. So the rest of the company got their mustard stains, except for my squad. Oh, wow. So that people would be funny. Mustard, mustard stain check. I'm like, the fact that you even acknowledge that you got one is fucking shameful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was there before you. Yeah, exactly. I sat there the, all night and watched with Bohannon. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Hey, that's man. awesome. Oh, but yeah, well, and the fucked up thing about that jump was they were bumping like private 203 oh, yeah. gunners and saw gunners just to put all the S shop officers on mm -hmm. just to fucking pad their 201 file. And it's like, okay, we know that there's no enemy contact because we have a squad out there right now up on right. SATCOM. But fuck, let's say you lose an aircraft in route or you have to fucking, you know what I mean? You get a frago and now we're going here. Right. Something squirrely happens. Yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> no. Like no. even in the regiment, like you want to believe like, no, oh, dude, I'm, I'm going into the Rangers. We're not going to be plagued by all the military bullshit, but it happens everywhere to some degree. I think that's just the nature of the beast, right? That's human nature. That's why, that's why socialism doesn't fucking work. Yeah. Right. It's like human nature. If your entire society and the foundation is plagued with, you know, the government being in control, it's just. Wow. It Everybody just turns into a fucking dumpster <laughs> yeah. fire. Everybody doesn't want their piece of the pie. They want your pie also. That's what ends up happening. Yeah. I mean, think about how many commanders we've had that, in, in you know, even commanders or NCOs or guys that we've served with and are in our, our lives where you're like, oh my God, man, like, I, 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 I fucking either hate working for this guy. Yeah. I cannot fucking wait to get out. You're you the know, imagine if that was, that was your, like, your, pretending I have your something district. To do 
your district fucking mayor or whatever, and he had that much power to be like roll yeah. you up at any point in time for any infraction. And like think thinking of like that, I'm like, oh my gosh. Dude, we got a company commander whose dad was a general. So shocking how he shocking, got into Ranger Regiment. Right. And he was a shitbag commander. And he was our commander on our first push to Afghanistan. And the Delta guys were in the compound right next to us. And they and he didn't want any problems. He didn't want any casualties. He just wanted to do the deployment, right. get home and look how awesome I did. And so I remember the CAG guys came next door and this was like when it was new. So we didn't have like all these relationships like, hey, we're going to set in the blocking positions or we're going to set in perimeter for CAG. They came over and asked if we would. And the commander goes, I want to do engineer tape drills with everybody and do a bunch of dry runs to make sure that we're all on the same sheet of music. And they're like, well, the hit is in a few hours. Right. We don't have time for that shit. So do you want to provide a platoon or not? And he wouldn't, he wouldn't sign off on it. So then they went down the street and grabbed a platoon from the 101st and they fucking killed a bunch of dudes. Okay. And we're just like, oh, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like right, this was fucking when the war was just beginning, you know? Like I can't imagine, like I remember doing tape drills, right? Did that ever help you guys? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Hey, man. This isn't I what, got, a, hey, believe it or not, this is not what a table. building looks like. Break the sand it table out. It never helped me. I'm like, <laughs> this shit doesn't fucking work, man. Like, it doesn't work. Is this cone the front door or is it like the balcony? <laughs> yeah. What's this? No, no, yeah. no. The cone isn't supposed to be there. Shit. <laughs> like, I, I did, I, you know, I remember doing some tape drills and going, okay, that this is what the target's going to look like, right? I remember doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. And then you get to the fucking target and you're like, where'd this come from? This never, this isn't even <laughs> fucking close, man. <laughs> like, oh, that's you funny, can't, man. You can't, your mind can't imagine like the, the way the doors are and the fucking flow of the room and where the furniture is and all the other shit. Like it just never, like, like your general fucking outline, like, I mean, I get like working on SOPs just in general. Yeah, sure. of course. Go ahead, but like taping it, I'm like, oh, that's dumb. Never fucking do that. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about, Greg? No, oh, man. I think we covered a lot of shit. Yeah, we did. Where can everybody find you? <clears throat> um, Instagram's my main one. It's yeah. Granderson33. Granderson33. Yep. We'll tag G you. GR Anderson. Got it. And uh, it's funny, dude, because as soon as I got like a little bit of a presence on social media, right? Dude, all the fucking whack jobs coming out, conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. Like he has a 33 on the end of his name. He's part of this secret organization. <laughs> it's like, just stop. Just, <laughs> just stop. Uh, but yeah, that's my main one. And uh, then, I mean, I have a Facebook, but I don't really do much there. Yeah. Other than that, I mean... If you're local to Seattle area, come train jiu-jitsu. We got a good gym and we're open. Yeah, hit up Greg. We're uh we're fans, obviously, of what you got going on over here. We're just fans of freedom, just in general. For sure. So hit him up if you're in the Seattle area. This is uh Evan, Trevor, and Greg. We're signing off, Free Range American. <laughs> <laughs>